What is up, everybody? This is DWC episode 12, week 12 of the NFL. Only got seven weeks left before the regular, including this week, before the regular season is up and then it's playoff time. Um, it's interesting to see how the rest of these teams are going to fold out. The uh, NFL is still in chaos and we don't really know who's good and who's not. So this should, should be interesting. Um, make sure that you guys can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify podcasts and everything else that we are out on. Uh, we will be tweeting this out on Twitter at DWC2022. And you can follow us on Instagram at Defense Wins Championships 2022. Instagram will be revamped for season three of DWC. We will be on uh, YouTube. I, I believe, yes, YouTube. And we'll be on camera doing this live so people can pop in and chat and whatnot. And we'll be posting some clips on Instagram and TikTok. We're going to turn into those kind of podcasters. So should be fun. great. Should be I didn't fun know we were doing podcast. TikTok. Yeah, we got I mean, as long as you post it on Reels and you can post it on TikTok as well. I heard Reels are better on YouTube. We're going to do both of them, bro. <sighs> That's gotta, all gotta, you. Got to get big, big. Season three. <laughs> got to do big changes, big things. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and get into some of the noteworthy games. The first game is a boring-ass game, but we got to talk about it because we are AFC North people. This is an AFC North game. It was Reeds-Browns versus my Steelers. And the Browns got the dub. That shit was ass. The whole game was ass, two packs of it. It just It's just awful being fans of... Uh, Teams that like it's a it's the mentality is a get a get a it's it's just a win, bro. All we care about is the win. It's it amazes me how we still get fans in the seats coming to watch games like this. Diehard fans as well. I mean, awful. I would I would be willing to bet that the AFC North has the most dedicated fans. Ah, maybe not the Bengals fans, but. If you're talking like Browns, Steelers, Ravens, it's pretty diehard. Yeah, I mean, there's I really mean, this is nothing else to do, but yeah, I mean, game. Realistically, we're used to these games because this is what we expect. We expect yeah. a below thirty point game for anyone we play in the AFC North, and especially the Browns and Steelers. Who right now the Browns are on their third QB of the year, and the Steelers don't have a QB at all. So. Um, basically, this is what I expected. I'm honestly tired of losing on or winning on game winning field goals, but I can't complain because we're actually winning for once. So we are seven and three after this game, but my God, I'm going to need a new heart after this season. Yeah. The, like I said, the last episode, at least you guys found a kicker. Usually. Mm -hmm. Kick, your kicker would definitely like miss one of those. It was like a guaranteed miss every game. Oh, we're easily reverse, like flip our record. That's what we are with Cade York kicking field goals <laughs> this year. No doubt in my mind that seventh round pick we gave up for Dustin Hopkins was the greatest draft pick we ever gave up. And he was, he was getting flack for that. Yeah, uh, because people don't understand what draft capital and value actually is. That's the only reason. It's just the casuals on Twitter and the big media accounts that are like, 
why would you give that up when you just drafted a kicker in the third round two years ago? People are stupid. Yeah, Realistically, your third and later draft picks are not going to hit. And they rarely hit for anybody. So I don't yeah. – no one knows what value actually is. If you have a fourth-round pick and they play half a year, that's good value for that fourth-round pick. Yeah. He played. He's not even supposed to be playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, it's just uh, fucking casuals, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was stupid for you guys to draft the kicker in the third round. That was I stupid. completely agree. I'm not defending Barry for drafting and wasting a third-round pick on Cade York. <laughs> I'm not at all. Or maybe it was a fourth. I don't know which one it was because I – but this is this is how I see it, and I see it the same way with the Deshaun Watson trade that we made happen. It's like, when have we been able to ever develop a kicker since Phil Dawson? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. And same with QB. Like, people are like, oh, why did we get rid of Baker? Why, why did we fucking have to waste all this draft capital on Deshaun Watson? Well, guess what? We've gone through 45 fucking QBs in 20 years. Mm-hmm. And you think we, we're just going to magically draft a QB that's going to take us to the promised land? Yeah. No. That's not how the Browns have been historically. I know Andrew Barry has been better at drafting than the majority of our GMs the past few years, but he still hasn't hit on a QB. And actually, he never took a shot on a QB in the first or second round because he hasn't had the picks. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So realistically, if we would have kept those first, we would have gotten our first real chance at seeing Andrew Barry attempt to draft his QB and Stefanski's QB. People got to remember that Baker didn't get drafted by Barry or Stefanski. That man was Hugh Jackson's and John Dorsey's first-round QB. Stefanski never, ever liked Baker Mayfield at all. And it showed because Stefanski was handicapped. He handicapped the offense to fit for Baker Mayfield. And it just wasn't working, so we had to move on. I mean, it's just... I just don't understand why people like Dorian Thompson Robinson is the first QB Barry's drafted that is actually playing in games. And he was drafted in the fifth round. Yeah. It's like, it's like weird. The certain, some teams just cannot get certain positions. Right. And it's crazy. Like, like Steelers, we haven't, hopefully JPJ, Joey Porter Jr. breaks this curse, but we haven't been able to draft like a decent corner since like fucking Ike Taylor. Like, yeah, it's been a long fucking time. So, what do we do? We go a fucking, we go and fucking trade for Minka. You know, we'll give that first round pick. Minka's an all fucking pro. You know, sometimes you, it, that's what makes a great GM realizing like, yo, historically, we have not been able to develop these motherfuckers. We have not been able to draft our own. If this team doesn't want this person and we know they're good, then, like, we've seen that they're good. This isn't somebody out of college. This is a person that's played in the NFL for X amount of years. Why not just give up up a pick that we needed this position anyway and we knew probably won't hit on this? And just go get this person. And you get, and like, GMs get so much shit for that. GMs get shit, like, Andrew Barry gets so much shit for building the team perfectly. Like, 
He drafted a D tackle, which he has not been good at drafting interior D linemen. He drafted uh, what's his name, Ika, in the third round, who has yet to play a snap this year, actually. But you know why he's yet to play a snap? And the Browns haven't been blessed with this problem before since Andrew Barry got there. Is the fact that we don't need to play our rookies on defense because he added so many people in the offseason through free agency that beefed up our line where our third round rookie doesn't need to play and get bullied his rookie year. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is a benefit. Like it's nice to have a rookie not come in, get shit on by 30 year old men. And then he's, he gets washed down because he had to play so many reps his rookie year. Like he's learning behind people that are actually good now and he doesn't need to get thrown into the fire. So I don't know why people are shitting on him for saying, Oh, Ika hasn't played a snap this year. That is a good problem to have. Like the fact that it's like when Cam Mitchell went on IR for the Browns, Cam Mitchell was our fifth or sixth round rookie or fourth round DB. Like he's played a decent amount this year, but we don't need him to play. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. that's a good thing to have. So I don't know why people get so fucking mad about that. We're get, I don't even know how we got to this topic. <laughs> I'm just saying like it's it's. <laughs> People don't understand how detrimental it is for the development. If you're if you're like if you come into the draft, you get drafted and you're not already like him, it is so detrimental to just throw someone out there in the fire and then they just get absolutely shit on. And then that if they're not um <laughs> if they're not built for for tough, then that is going to do harm their development for fucking the rest of their career. Yeah, I mean, washed out. Yeah, imagine like the confidence level. You're you're uh, all American in college. You think you're the shit. In reality, you ain't shit when you get to the NFL until you prove it. Because mm-hmm. everyone in that league is good. And then you get to the league, you're like a top D tackle in college. You're like, oh yeah, I'm fucking big and strong. You get in that first game and you're getting moved by people, and you're like, what in the fuck? <laughs> what in the actual fuck is going on? It is. We get oversaturated with how good some of these like young players are. But bro, you coming in the league, you're a third round pick, motherfucker. You are not Jalen Carter. You are not exactly. Him. There is like there is maybe three to four guys that draft that you can throw in and be okay with. That's like it. So I don't know why. People think, oh, yeah, your third, fourth, fifth round picks need to hit every single year because mm-hmm. the hit rate for any of those is low, even for the best GMs in the league, like Howie Roseman. Nate, like, honestly, Andrew Barry might be the best third round draft picker in the league. Look at his third round draft picks since he's been on the team Owosu Koromoa, starter, Martin Emerson the year after, starter, and then Dewan Jones, starter. Three years in a row, he got third-round talent to play, like, first-round talent. Or he got first-round talent in the third round is what I meant to say. But it's like, I don't know. Enough about the GMs. Back to this fucking game. <laughs> I this knew game, was going to be good. Uh, I remember seeing him in uh, Mississippi State. So physical. Um, yeah. But, I mean, this game was brutal to watch. The first half, the Browns actually was, were moving the ball pretty well. Um, intermediate passes. The Browns definitely tried to keep DTR out of third and long, and it showed. 
I was watching my boy Jake Burns break down like the offense, and it he ran Stefanski. He said this was the most vanilla play calling Stefanski's had all year, and maybe <laughs> since he's been on the Browns. Mm-hmm. And he kept going over like the routes, and there was nothing. He ran the same route concept to the opposite side of the field about twenty to twenty-two times. So I mean, he was making it. That either shows he doesn't trust DTR to make the long reads down the field, or he was just trying to win off the defense and managing the game. Um, obviously, it worked out in their favor, but Jesus, we're going to have to find some downfield passing, or we're not going to win shit in this league. We yeah, got- it's, it's definitely like the good thing about how that game had that game worked out for the Browns is. Like the whole time, and we were watching the game together, and I was like, the whole like dead ass the whole game, short short passes, short passes, short passes. Where I was like, yo, we need Steelers need to fucking jump on these because all he's doing is throwing short, like that's all he's doing. And then literally the last drive, Stefanski is like, all right, we're gonna do one long pass, and it caught everybody off off guard on the defense. And the Steelers defense, like I said, we had fucking grocery baggers back there we had hella people from practice squad so and minka was hurt didn't play he was on the sideline so all of that communication that happens in a defense where you don't even need to say anything like that was all ruptured so there's that's how the browns or anybody that plays the steelers with when you have people with less reps that's how someone can sneak into a pocket and can just sit there instead yeah. of because the communication was off. Nobody's like, yo, like, I know that you have this. I know you have this area so I can creep up and hit this. Because there's such new people on defense, there wasn't that kind of communication that was just innate. So that's how Elijah Moore is able to get into the middle or the, the left middle. And DTR was able to make that throw, which is a great throw, by the way. Like, I know everybody's been shitting on DTR. And we're like, oh, which I mean, he didn't play a fucking amazing game. Like he had three good drives, I would yeah. say. It and was, that, it was that was it. Game. He actually, he actually was getting flustered in the second half, and you mm-hmm. could tell he was. The thing about DTR to me was, well, one, the game plan Stefanski has was had was obviously get the ball out as fast as you can, mm-hmm. and the routes were developing. Like, looking on the film when I was watching it, the routes were developing and people were open downfield. It's just he was first read, first read, first read, first read, like pretty much the entire game. So, and the thing about him is that this was his first week of practice with the ones. And you could tell because he was throwing the ball behind and the timing Mm -hmm. wasn't right with the receivers. So he probably was hesitating in the second half, especially after he threw that pick that tipped off Amari's hands. Mm-hmm. He threw it behind Amari on a slant route. It got tipped up in the air. Um, I mean, that that definitely killed his confidence a little bit. Um, I even heard that. And this is this to me is a problem, but I know it may not be that big of a deal. But someone said that he like tears were welling in his eyes after he threw that pick. That was after the Steelers scored, right? It was already it was 10 to 7. Yeah. And then Deshaun Watson went over and was like, Listen, we got the best defense in football. You're going to be all right. Just play your game. But I was like, I don't need an emotional QB like that. You know what I mean? I get it. Yeah. It's his first start. For some reason, when people put on that Browns uniform and they play, 
against the Steelers, it's like the fucking hardest game of your life. And I'm hoping that since he won this game and had that great drive at the end, that he's going to settle in and be okay. We also need to mix in some runs with his legs. We did a few times, but that read option is open. If he takes that shit, he is gone. And he's faster than uh, Deshaun. But yeah, I mean, I thought he played a great game in t- at times. And then obviously I expected him not to be a fucking world beater against the Steelers. The Steelers see us twice a year, and they've seen Stefanski's offense four years now in a row. Mm-hmm. So, and Cam Hayward always wrecks us every time he plays. The motherfucker is a beast. Uh, TJ Watt usually wrecks us. He was pretty quiet this game. He's really TJ Watt to me is better against the run than he is against Pat or, or with pass rushing, in my opinion. He always sets the edge. He always gets off the block and spins out and stops the run. I don't fucking understand. Him and Highsmith both. So I thought the game plan was perfect. Obviously, I wanted DTR to throw downfield, but I really don't think it was. I don't really think it was Stefanski that was not letting him. I just think he wasn't trying to make the reads late in that game because there was pressure and he was a little down after a few drives of going backwards. So, Yeah, it's definitely different with, like, if you see... I mean, obviously, neither one of us played quarterback, so we don't, like, know, no. But just seeing when you're, like, watching a game... And then you imagine yourself, and I know quarterbacks definitely think this, but it's not even, and I know I talk shit about fucking, like, QB hit and Hurry's merchants, but it is definitely mentally draining seeing, like, as soon as you hike it, just seeing grown men just fucking, you could see it in their eyes and how they move, just, like, doing anything and everything to try to get to you. To try to fucking smack you. And you're just seeing, like, if you see one of your linemen out of the corner of your eye just get fucking blown up, you're like, well, shit. Yeah. Like, I could get this shit out because I have, like, (laughs) two seconds to breathe. So, it's definitely, definitely hard, especially to throw in your fifth round rookie in that fire. But, just, I mean, we're, it's almost going to be 20 minutes but the only only (laughs) thing that i'm going to say is is what i what i get from this game in this game specifically is if i was the steelers gm and you know i have faith in omar khan i actually think i know it's been one year with him but i actually think he is going to be a great gm knock on wood for us because of how aggressive he is and if i was him i'd be like i wouldn't say this directly but i'd be like yo we have if we make to the playoffs potentially eight weeks if if we're one and out in the playoffs we have eight weeks to see if kenny pickett is a, is the quarterback and oh. if he's not the quarterback then we need to go get one whether that be a trade or a draft, we need to get one because this these eight weeks will show do we have the guy or do we not? And I mean, 
we're going to basically play i mean even when we'll talk about it later but even when the thing that happened happened that doesn't mean that it's going to be like oh, a whole new revamped offense like blah 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 but i do think some of the ease and rain like uh the reins will get let go and kenny can just play play his game so if i'm kenny i'm like yo i'm either we either i'm either taking this to like at the promised land but taking us far or i'm gonna burn out so this is it you know i'm gonna just let that thing run but yeah i mean he should it was this definitely is... weird with like like after the and and what you said with the late draft round like late round picks it's definitely i feel like and maybe that's like the media but i feel like a lot of the undrafted people like will like see that pop off more than someone from the sixth, seventh round actually doing good. Cause Steelers, Steelers got a nice one, two punch. And I think they found a guy in Jalen Warren. Uh, I was a fan. I thought him or uh, Mateo Durant from uh, Duke. I thought either one of them was going to pan out, but I'm glad Jalen Warren did. Um, the good thing I like about Jalen Warren is he doesn't dance around. It's just one and go. And he goes fucking full speed. That man's playing for his life because he's getting so much less money for the work that he's doing. When was he drafted? He's undrafted. He wasn't drafted. Damn. Yeah, from Oklahoma State. We got we when we brought him and Mateo Durant from Duke, and I was like, one of these like because I was watching the film, and I was like, bro, one of these guys is gonna fucking pop off. Like I could tell from the film, and um, it was it was crazy that. We literally, like, he popped off for that 75-yard run touchdown, and then we only gave him the ball one time after that. Like, I don't know why we started going pass heavy. It's not like the game was completely out of reach. Like, we're still within a score. And I just didn't see the, like, aggression of, like, what we are known for for doing. Like, once we put in Brodgett, we have been people movers. I will, yeah. So, (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck, like, why why aren't we mixing it up? And just like with the aggression when we saw with the we punted instead of kicking a field goal. It's not like DTR had been cooking us, you know, coming down on offense. Like if we gave him the ball at a little bit past half line, it's not like we're cooked, you know, like we need to score some points. This we can't we can't keep doing these fucking and it's even this even the when we play the Browns, we can't keep doing this fucking teens game like the nfl is about putting up points on the fucking board and you have to put up points there has to be aggression to do that so it was just a complete fold from the steelers i mean either either team had the had the game but um the we i don't know how it would have gone in ot I'm dead ass. If OT hit, might have been a tie, bro. Like there was no life uh, until the last drive from the Browns on offense. So, and that's something the Browns have just been able to do this year, which they haven't been able to do since Stefanski's been there. And you can you can maybe even put this on Baker because Baker could never get game winning drives. I think he had like one in three years at the Browns. No, he probably had two because that Jets game, his first start. Yeah, but um. And then I'm also thinking about the Bengals the year we went to the playoffs. But um, we're finding ways to score. 
we're not scoring a lot right now, but we're finding ways to score at the end of the half and at the end of the game, which is huge when we have a defense this good. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that is sustainable because that's exactly how you guys have been winning games too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's obviously they're going to have to figure out, but for right now it's working and our schedule's not that difficult. But when we get to the playoffs, that shit's not going to fly most likely. The good news is that they know how to win close games and they're learning how to win. But like I always said, I've been shitting on the Steelers for it all year. It isn't going to last. So especially when you're playing a QB that's better than your QB. Like this week against the Broncos, if I had to pick the game was close at the end of the game, I probably am willing to bet that Russell Wilson can get the job done instead of Kenny Pickett. Like when you guys got the ball back with a minute 30, like, and if that was Russell Wilson, I'd be a little more worried than if it was Kenny Pickett. Mm-hmm. So we can't keep living and dying by that. Um, what was I going to say? The, I will say that Schwartz had Canada and Pickett lost. It looked like, it really did look like we were running man most of the game at the start of the snap. But then we would check out of it and go to zone. Or it was always just zone and we had a man look to it. Because Kenny Pickett had no idea. Are you concerned about what Deontay Johnson said? At all? That he ran the right routes? Yeah, and no, I, I Kenny Pickett's not prepared. I wholeheartedly believe Deontay Johnson. I mean, Deontay Johnson, um, maybe a lot of, not a lot of people are locked in on him, but he's one of the best route runners in the NFL. And the ways the this we're not really and if you watch the film and I'm starting to see this in the film, the only time that Kenny will throw it over the middle is if it's a tight end. Like we uh, run crossing yeah. and he just does not look at them in our our wide receivers, I mean, our wide receiver group is top ten group, and you know you're not, you can't tell me that a top ten wide receiver group is not getting separation, especially Deontay Johnson. I mean, watching him run routes is just fucking fantastic, and just the just the way that we have him run routes just to the sideline or fucking out is so criminally like that is that is a criminal offense for how Eesh. this man can move. Yeah, you should definitely be going over the middle of the field. George Pickens, what he can do in open space. I mean, we've seen him do plenty of house calls. Like, it's it's it is a criminal offense to the Steelers' offense that we have high flyers and we are just suppressing them. So, I you know I completely get it. It's it's weird seeing, and it's not a lot of people can can uh, like not necessarily appreciate it but just see like the difficulty it is from going to college to nfl like you can ball out like can you pick a heisman candidate balled out at pit with jordan addison and it, it just doesn't look like he can read a fucking defense no the defense in the nfl yeah the coaching is so much more superior and then the defenses are so much more complex and that's what you're going to get insane. from, um, um, once, once you know. And I, I think he's going to be, you know, if he gets it down, I think he's going to be fucking fantastic 
in the NFL. But Caleb Williams, if you you cannot you cannot get away with just being a gambler. Like you have to read defenses. You have to make you have to process fast and you have to make the right read. Caleb right. Williams' biggest issue, I feel like, is he doesn't take the easy throw. Yeah. Which in the NFL nowadays, with with how Pat Mahomes has changed the game with the too high safety look above at all times, that deep ball is rare to come by nowadays. Mm-hmm. Most people like the average yard per throw is way lower than it had been four years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, he's going to have to learn how to process and take the easier throw and check it down the field. Like, Mahomes has adapted and done that. Yeah. So, But there needs to be just someone in the game plan, just someone sitting. Like, like, like it is – I remember there's a specific play from the Steelers-Browns game where Kenny threw it to the swing pass to Jalen Warren, and there were five Browns players already there. I will say, yeah, when I was watching the film breakdown of that, um, they were talking about how the Browns, okay, so this is the funny part, because this was on Kenny Pickett, in my opinion, and on theirs when I was watching it, is the fact that when Jalen Warren went into motion, no one followed. That's a clear sign of zone coverage by a defense. Mm-hmm. And he, I don't know if that play design was legit. Like no one else is just going to Jalen Warren, but the receivers on the route for you guys that were, it was trips on that side. I'm pretty sure. And they all did their own route and didn't even think about blocking. So it was almost like either Kenny saw something in the defense or thought he saw something where he's like, I'm going here immediately. Or he fucked up the play and didn't really know where the play was going. Because we didn't follow in motion. If someone was following him like a linebacker or something, it's man coverage right there. He probably would have never thrown that ball, right? Mm-hmm. But he threw it immediately. I thought it was a double pass because all our DBs took off immediately to Jalen Warren like they knew the play was coming. So yeah. I really I really don't know what that was. I think Kenny Pickett really fucked it up on that one. <laughs> I mean, this is the fourth week in a row that I don't know if you saw – what some of your defensive players were saying, but it is the fourth week in a row where a defense has said that the Steelers' offensive game plan has been predictable. Like that is that is not good for the coming weeks and then into the playoffs because that's in the playoffs. That's when that's when defensive shines. Yeah, and if you well, are not able to adapt and change things, yeah. Well, that's that's why it was such a positive for me seeing Schwartz run more zone defense. He ran more zone than man for the first time all year because we have been bad in zone this year, and it's a tendency breaker when he did that because, like the Steelers said and Kenny Pickett said, we expected a lot of man coverage, right? Mm-hmm. Well, by him running more zone off the bat, it completely confused Pickett on where like the rest of the game. Like, he genuinely was lost pretty much 85% of the game. Yeah. So, I mean, that's Schwartz is a hell of a fucking D coordinator. <laughs> I'm glad we have him. And, and I, I can only say this as a fucking spectator because I've never played. I mean, I've played fucking QB and, like, flag football and stuff like that. But it is zone is really not that hard to, to like, process. Like if you're it's, like, oh, oh, they're in cover two. Oh, they're in cover three. Then you knew, you know, the possibilities. Like this person will be open. It's just all about 
the timing <laughs> that you have. That's like eating sped up, or if you have a meteor mediocre mediocre O line. You gotta have, yeah. You gotta have the receivers that can sit in the zone and find the zone pockets, and then you have to have a QB that can process it. The thing is, like, I personally hate when my teams run zone against a QB that's good. Like, if you're going up against Joe Burrow or Tom Brady or fucking Pat Mahomes, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, if you're running zone against them, they're just gonna pick you apart all day. And especially with the receivers that those guys have. Well, at least mm-hmm. Pat Mahomes had. <laughs> um, but, like, when you're playing someone like Kenny Pickett, I think the best choice is to man up and make him beat you with his arm. Because what are the odds he actually places the ball perfectly? And I get mm-hmm. there's it's a two-way sword because not all teams like the Browns can man up in every single situation, right? Mm-hmm. We have the corners. We have three good corners that could probably start on any team. I don't think anyone else in the league has that. So we can man up and play press coverage against any receiver in the league. Even in the slot with Newsom there, we can do that. And we have that luxury. Not all teams do. That's why they have to sit in zone. So, I mean, I agree with you. I think zone is easier to pick apart than man because for man, you are trying to get um, your receiver has to beat the guy ahead of him, right? He has to be better than the guy across from him. And honestly, I'd rather lose that way. If I'm like if I'm a D coordinator, I love that Schwartz says, fuck it, we're gonna run man against the best teams. Because I'd rather lose with you actually beating me than just letting you walk down the field. Nothing pisses me off more than that. So yeah, I completely agree. I think if a QB is facing if a, if a QB can't process zone defense, then he's not gonna be able to play in the NFL. Because yeah. that's that's a majority of the defenses in the NFL. Yeah, zone is all about the QB's intellect and then your relationship with the wide receiver. It's just because you see something, you're seeing the whole field, but the wide receiver is seeing just a part of it. So if he's like, yo, I'm like, this has been three plays now and they've been sagging off. I know that this route is going to be this route, but I'm going to sit. And you have to know that's with the with the miscommunications with Kenny and Deontay. Deontay ran the right route. Deontay saw something and ran the right route. And Kenny Pickett just was not on par with that. And you can see now now the Steelers are having locker room frustrations and that's getting nasty over there. Nasty. But yeah, it's just crazy game. Crazy analysis by us. It's already been Almost 40 minutes. So we're it's our ahead. teams. We get a pass when we talk about our teams. Let's... Gonna go ahead and get to the uh, the Bears and the Lions. The Bears won 20, or no, no, no. The Lions won 31 to 26 at home, but it did not come easy for them. No, this is the second second week in a row that the Lions. I'm were telling you, putting themselves in. They're hold. teetering. The the they're thing about it is it out the fire. The thing about this, good news for the Lions fans, is that they're winning. They're learning how to win close, which is good. That is always a good thing in the NFL because if you can't mm-hmm. win close, it's just like it, you basically turn into the Chargers, mm-hmm. and it feels like just the most wasted time watching them. If you know you're going to be close at the end of the game and you just end up losing off a turnover, a fumble, a fucking fourth down conversion you don't get, it's it's more frustrating than anything. So. The Lions, with a little adversity, they're still winning. But they're not playing anybody that's 
solid. I do think with Justin Fields back, he played a hell of a game. Ran for 104 yards, threw for 170. He had no... Did he have a turnover? Yeah, one fumble. No, it wasn't lost, though. Um, But yeah, I don't... The Bears... The Lions are winning close. That's good news. But they still have not yet played a single person that I would consider, like... Or at least beat a pers- a team that's like, holy shit, they just beat this team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, the Bears, to me, are feisty. I really don't want to play them. Justin Fields is a problem because of his legs. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be seeing and processing the field a lot better. DJ Moore was really good for him. I think me and you both knew he would be. Yep. I mean, I wish I had DJ Moore on my team. The Carolina Panthers getting rid of him was a choice. <laughs> but... I guess. I don't know what the Panthers are doing, honestly. They're down bad. Yeah, they're starting from scratch, and they might have to start from scratch again. Yeah, that's rough. But, yeah, I think the biggest concern for the Lions, in my opinion, is their defense. Their defense has been not good the past few weeks. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter how many points you score in the playoffs because they're not beating the best teams with this type of defense. No, and that's the that's the uh, mental fortitude of a playoff game. If you score, everybody's hype. You know, everybody's lit. Oh my god, we scored! Kick the ball off, and it only took five plays for the other team to score right back. That's when you got to start locking it down and realizing what team you want to be. Um, yeah, the Lions eight and two. They you made know, plays my, when they had to. My lines agenda is cooking. Like I said, we we've been we for maybe for like the last or second to last episode, we have to go through our agendas. We need to write our agendas down for next season and see how they they've been going. Um, yeah, but yeah, lines eight and two. Like they're gonna spearhead this division. The Bears, I think you know, I think the Bears are good. And I think they're they're good, I think they're in a good spot right now. They just they just need, don't have a good coach. No, the thing, and they the, just need more. I think they just need more. But I, I they're not like in hell. I don't know the Bears. Man, they they really fumbled this game. They were up twenty six to what seventeen? Twenty six to fourteen. It was twenty six to fourteen. Late in this game, I mean, they outpossessed the Lions. By 20 minutes. 20 whole minutes they outpossessed the Lions in this game. And they ended up losing. The Lions had four turnovers. The Bears only had one. And they lost. Yeah. This if is... you want to talk about two, two completely opposite teams, this is it. Because the mm-hmm. Bears couldn't finish or couldn't execute when they needed to. The Lions did with limited opportunities. So... I mean, that's the real difference in this game. The Lions yeah. had 20 less minutes, and they scored on the final two drives of the game for themselves and then got the stop at the end with the safety. So, I mean, that was that was the difference in this game. Yeah. Just absurd. Two. I think there was three QBs that did this. Two out of the three QBs. Which, which one does this happen? Two out of the three QBs, and that was Jared Goff, C.J. Stroud and Sam Howell threw three interceptions last week, and two out of those three QBs that did that won their games. Yeah, 
The only one that didn't was Sam Howell. They lost to the Giants. But usually, if if your QBs throw in three picks, just kiss of death. You might yeah, but that just right. to me that just three, shows how three bad. picks and the Lions scored thirty one points. Yeah, I know, and they they fumbled once too. Yeah, that just that to me just shows how bad the Bears really are in situational football mm-hmm. in general. Like, get rid of this man, Matt Eberflus. <laughs> I don't think Justin Fields is bad. Like. And I think me and you have been talking about it for a long time since the first oh, year well, that he was now, on the team. Well, now you know. Now you know I want him as my QB. Well, yeah, I'm not worried about that either. But, I mean, it may – I'm not worried about the Steelers yet on getting a QB. And, honestly, Justin Fields doesn't necessarily scare me as a Browns fan because I know he's not very good under pressure. All I need is them legs. Yeah, true. <laughs> So, motherfucker, if we get Justin Fields, it is read option. It is RPO to death. <laughs> yeah. Live and die by it. Plus, just the aura, you know, just the aura of you, the big ass QB running down. What What is that, uh, Paul Pierce? I just got a taste. I want the whole load, I want the whole thing. <laughs> but, oh yeah, the, I mean, the Bears, the Bears. If you're a Bears GM, which mm, this these are the times that this is like a two minute tangent. These are the times that like we need to be on camera because the face I just made when I said Bears GM, mm, that man is a moron. So I don't really know what he's gonna do, but they are sitting pretty with pick one and pick four. Also. Why is I saw something this week that uh Montez sweats on a snap count? Is there what's you what's just been up? What's been just, up with the mini 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 headline? What's been up with not reporting injuries? What are we doing? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. <laughs> is there an undisclosed injury by him? Why are we putting him on a snap count? We just gave him how much money? Exactly. That's that's bad coaching. He's easily your best D lineman you have, and you just paid him a fucking as much money as Miles Garrett's making, and you're not even playing him? Like, what the fuck is going on? That's just bad coaching, in my opinion. The Bears are going to be in hell until they fire that coach. He's arrogant. He thinks he knows it all. He's just not very... He's just not very good. There's only a few coaches, I think, that can get away with an ego, and that's only if they're fucking also a genius. Yeah, and you got to be winning. That's the thing that gets away. You can get away with anything in the NFL if you're winning. That's always That's how it's been. It's always like that. With mediocre coaches, mediocre players, criminals. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you're winning, it doesn't matter. Yep. If you're winning and you're bringing in views for the NFL, they do not give a fuck at all. We're going to go uh, into the third game, the Chargers and the Packers. Um, another QB, I forgot to say this, another QB that I think is actually like good at processing and good against the zone is Jordan Love. Hey, I think Jordan Love is pretty good in the zone. He's coming alive the last two weeks. Agenda's cooking. Rising from the grave. That man had his whole ass. Jordan his- Love. And uh, I know like everybody's like, oh my God, CJ Stroud, MVP, MVP. Jordan Love and CJ Stroud, CJ Stroud have pulled their shit out the fire. 
<laughs> he was really already bad. yeah he was buried up to his neck in that grave until the last two weeks in my opinion even three weeks ago i feel like he did he was okay mm-hmm. uh he played against the rams yeah i mean he was 20 and 26 he did good against the steelers he almost yeah he had two picks and he had a bad pick at the end of the game but mm-hmm. other than that he did play okay um, I mean, he had 322 yards on the Chargers. Not saying that's great because the Chargers' defense hasn't been good against the pass all year. That's now back-to-back weeks that the Chargers have allowed a 300-yard passer. And I think this game was great by Jordan Love. By all means, mm-hmm. I don't think the Packers really – it doesn't really mean anything in the long run no. for the Packers. Maybe if Jordan Love continues to build – um they can think about him as the actual starting QB. He has some plays that you're like, holy fuck. Every once in a while, he'll make a pass, and you're like, wow. Like, not many people can do that. Mm-hmm. But this game was more about the Chargers to me and how awful the defense is, how awful the coaching is, and Justin Herbert. And I don't like to be the one that makes excuses, but this might have been Justin Herbert's. Like, he probably had five passes that no one else in the league could make. And three of those passes were dropped in this game. Two touchdowns were dropped in this game. I just, I don't know what to do anymore. The odds are against Justin Herbert. Whether you like him or not, I think it's about time we acknowledge the fact that no one's helping him in this situation. (laughs) That's how I see it. Yeah, so, and you know, you know, I, you know, I hate this. You know, I hate seeing this, but in this game, let me let me ask you a question. What side of the ball does is the head coach for the Chargers, what side of the ball does he specialize in? Oh, I'm pretty sure he calls the plays for the defense. Then why the fuck is the defense so bad? Well, you know, <laughs> this is what I don't understand. Same thing with Iberflus. Like, if you and there, you know, there's always circumstances with different defenses and whatnot. Um, so it's sometimes hard to call a good defense if you don't have good defensive players. But this has been how many years now? Justin Herbert is gonna get is Justin Herbert's whole career has been pulling this shit out of the fire, and that's the fire that Brandon Staley has been fucking setting setting in. Like it is so demoralizing for, and it's not like Justin Herbert's. You know, he's having to make these throws. He's having to put these things on a dime. He's having to run out, get hit, do all this. You know, you finally score. You finally get a touchdown after getting smacked around. He's injured, playing injured. You sit down on the bench, tired as fuck. And what does fucking, what does a team do? Score in fucking two minutes, bro. Like, and you just back out there in the fire. (sighs) Not saying that this is what happened in the Packers game, but this is how this is how his career has been, and this is how it's always going to be, as long as you have this man as coach. There, this week, as far as I can tell, this week there have been three or four games where I'm like, man, y'all playing the way y'all playing. This coach about to get fired. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the funny thing is about it is this isn't year one for Staley. This isn't even year two. Like, he's had cycles to draft. 
develop players, and they're just not developing on the defensive side of the ball. Something needs to change. I mean, we could have put this as a headline too, Staley going off on that reporter. Yeah. For absolutely no reason. Like, it's a valid question. Why can't you give up play calling? It hasn't worked all year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a fresh change midseason. The defense schematically can stay the same, but give up play calling. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. It's, it's just – It is not – It's. I don't know if people if they have pride, too much pride, but it is not – like 100%. Being, Football being coaches are prideful. Coach. Yeah. Like, this is – this is coaching malpractice, and we're seeing it all over the league right now. All over the league. So I, I don't understand. It's like when someone gets asked to give up play calling, it's one thing if it's just like a stupid question. Like people like Brown's media asked the fans to give it up like a year ago. In reality, he had a top 10 offense in the league with Jacoby Brissett. You know what I mean? Like that's a dumb fucking question. Of course he's not going to give it up. Now, there's, like, different ways to look at it. It's like, one, is the offense not running well or the defense not running well? Then maybe you look at that option. Two, can the head coach manage the game while he calls plays? If he can't, then maybe it's time to give up play calling, right? Mm -hmm. Or three, can he not do either? Because that's when you fucking fire a head coach, right? (laughs) And Staley can't do fucking either of those things. He can't manage a game, and he can't fucking call plays. So... What are we getting out of this? He hasn't been able to develop players. His game plans going into games aren't good. Like, what are we doing here? This is it. This is where you sneak in Bill Belichick. Retain, retain Kellen Moore. You have and tell Belichick he's not he's not a part of the GM group. He's not, I mean, obviously he's going to be involved in drafting, but he doesn't have the whole say like he does in the Patriots. Kellen Moore, control full control of the offense and uh Herbert. What needs fixed on the Chargers the most? Defense and game management. What does Bill Belichick do better than anybody? Defense and game management. It is the perfect fit. And they have a QB that could be a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. So there is no better fit than Bill Belichick in LA at the Chargers. Yeah, it's just like... Obviously, hands off on the drafting and offensive players and stuff. What have you... It's just like where do you what have you done in the league in your life in coaching that would warrant you snapping back at that reporter? And that you maybe you maybe you know your pride, your ego got hurt, but like you can't do everything. Like only a select few of coaches can manage a game and call plays on the defense or offensive side. Yeah. With you know, and you know, there's only a handful of coaches that call their plays, that call the plays for the offense or the defense, you know, and in Stefanski, he calls the plays for the offense, but he does, you know, he doesn't have the final say in the drafting. That's Andrew Barry. He doesn't do anything with the defense. That's why you get a great mind in Jim Schwartz. Yep. You know, you get a, a, just a fucking nasty motherfucker. And that's what's happening, you know, and the same kind of thing is happening with the Steelers. Like we have inside Hires for our coordinators, a.k.a. Tomlin's got his hands all over it. And that could be a good thing and that could be a bad thing. If you if you can manage it, that's a good thing. But it doesn't look like he can manage it right now. So that's why everything like that's why we need to bring in new people. Just just, you know, you just need to have faith in the people that you fucking hire. 
Like there's there's no there's no re if 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 I have a defensive coordinator, he is coordinating the defense. I can if I am a, if I am a head coach and I'm a defensive side of head coach, I'm still hiring a fucking defensive coordinator. I, I can't I can't you know I'm looking I'm not only like it'd be that'd be the dumbest thing if I'm the head coach. I'm a defensive head coach, and you know offense is on the field. I'm not even looking at the offense. You know how stupid that is. Yeah. I'm yeah. just talking with yapping with the defense, like yo, we need you know, we're calling these plays, we need to do this, we need to do this. I'm having a coordinator and on both sides. You know, that I'm not if I'm a defense if I'm a head coach, I'm not calling no fucking plays. I have to worry about the whole fucking game. Yeah. I have I mean, to see when it's okay to challenge, when it's okay to call a timeout, when mm-hmm. it's okay, you know, when it's okay to yo, sh- sh- what are we what are we what are we seeing? What are we looking at here? You know. I have so much other things to worry about than the fucking. I can't just be like, "Yo, Herbert gonna do his own thing." Like he still needs guidance. This dude is still young. We're older than this motherfucker, bro. If not the same age, I don't know what the fuck's going on in the world. He doesn't know what the fuck. You know, sometimes he's gonna be like, "Holy shit, what are we doing here?" And that's not even like, like to Herbert's point is he's not the problem, and neither is Kellen Moore. Like their yeah. offense is actually pretty productive. Like that hire was a home run hire by Staley or whoever made that decision. They just but, missed. They just missed on their draft pick. Yeah, they just missed on their draft pick, and I thought we. I think we discussed it in the draft when we did our live draft episode. I thought that was a reach to pick him that but, high in the draft. All all we needed to watch was TCU versus Georgia. They had that man in hell. Yeah, true. There was no. I, remember, remember in the draft episode, I said. When they drafted him, I said, oh, they're getting rid of Mike Williams. Yeah, it is that funny, is though. Literally a Mike Williams. It is funny, though, because, like, he would always make a random, like, big catch. And I'm talking, like, he's covered, just jumps over the guy to catch it. But then I think about who was throwing him that football, and Max Duggan definitely doesn't throw as hard as Justin Herbert. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, I, I, you're used to getting those. With Max Duggan, and this is why he's—I don't think—is he in the league? I don't think he's in the league. If he—if he is, he's fucking like third string. But you're so used to getting those terrible throws, those like not complete, perfect throws that you're gonna have to contort your body and make these spectacular catches. But you know, if that's what you're known for, that's. That's not as good as you think it is. Well, like, what was the what was the thought process here? Because did he go? He went before um, Smith and Jigba, right? He went before. So, how how, how nasty do you want to get today? You can get pretty nasty. So, first of all, uh, which I saw, I saw this on Twitter, and I forget who posted it. So, I apologize for not uh, quoting you, but in in zone. He can only get open thirty percent of the time. There's no <sighs> separ- uh, the only separation is thirty percent of the time. So he does not know how to sit in pockets. And all. in man, it's nope. like fifty percent, which is even worse because yeah. if you're a man guy and you can't even get open in man, what the fuck are we doing here? So <clears throat> Quentin Johnston was drafted over Zay Flowers. Oof and. Jordan Addison. Yeah, Jordan Addison's the big one. That was a hell of a draft pick by the Vikings. 
The Seahawks drafted Jackson Smith and Jibba. Jackson Smith and Jibba was the first wide receiver. But Chargers, and when the Chargers were drafted, I was like, Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison, perfect. This is this is the perfect draft. And they got Quentin Johnson. And no. now it's looking like it's looking like and I, I'm not even I'm not out on Jackson Smith and Jibby yet. I just don't think he gets any touches because that area He's, in Seattle's just crowded as fuck. No, I, I think he, he just doesn't the, have a QB. No. When he gets the ball, you know, <laughs> he, he does he does good. But this is easily the worst wide receiver out of the four, right? Like, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying Johnson isn't going to get better, but obviously there's some concerns. Since, especially since Mike Williams got hurt and there's more focal point on him, like Mm -hmm. you got to pick it up, buddy, or it's going to be looking real bad for you. Going to be like, uh, oh, what was his name? Who played for Ole Miss? Who was a big body receiver? Who couldn't Uh, read a playbook? Laquan Treadwell. Yeah, Laquan Treadwell. Even though Laquan Treadwell to me was ten times better than Quinton Johnson was in uh, college, that oh, man was a Quinton monster. Was a fucking beast, bro. Yeah, but he just couldn't read a playbook. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, it is. It's different when you know if you are. You know, I'm not. I'm only saying this, Steelers fans, because I'm. This is the first that came to my head. I'm not throwing my team under the bus. I am. Um. It's different when you're George Pickens, you know. Everybody knows George Pickens is fucking good. It's just the QB's holding him back. You have Justin fucking Herbert. And you can't get open. What? Like. Are you a, are, are you a dog or what? Like like do you want do you want to have a career in the NFL or no? Or do you want to go be an insurance salesman at Geico? Like, what what do what do we want to do here? So, shout out the Packers and your agenda for uh, Jaden Reed, looking pretty good. If I when I call him, I call him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I call. I need to be a fucking GM. You know? Yeah, I mean he's looked good the past two weeks. They're getting him involved in the run game, which has been big plays. So. I like what they're doing with that. Both A. Hey, my agenda and your agenda are shaking hands on, on high fiving. I know. Jordan Love to Jaden Reed is like a. Oh, I think he has one of the highest passer ratings when a targeting him. I'm pretty sure him and uh, Romeo Dobbs Dare are I say, favorite targets. Dare I say Rodgers and Randall Cobb? No, oh my God. <laughs> hey, That's we're gonna, nasty. We're going to go ahead and get into the Vikings and the Broncos. Uh, this is actually, you know, usually if you see this on paper, you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to bed. But this is a, this was actually a pretty good game. Um, Russell Wilson does it again. These were two, both of them. The Vikings had the longest win streak, and the Broncos had the second longest win streak. And the game was pretty good on all this, facets. Yeah, to me, I don't know who said it, but I saw it, and I was like, yeah, this makes a lot of sense. Um the Broncos on this win streak are living and dying by field position and turnovers. Mm-hmm. They are, I think, I think they were almost negative in turnover differential the first five or six games, and then the last four they're like plus thirteen or something. So they've been very opportunistic. The offense has looked efficient, 
almost efficient for Russell Wilson and the Broncos, but really they're scoring only when they need to. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of playing like the Browns. They're kind of playing like the Steelers. It's the same type of how they win games in moments. Their defense has been phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. The offense is still not quite there for me to make like a definite, oh, yeah, this team's a contender. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Russell's keeping he's keeping the ball safe. Um, he's really only throwing like short yardage. It's like a lot of checkdowns here and there. I mean, hey, you're winning. You're winning. That's. <laughs> I mean, nothing other than that, though. Like they're another team that's not gonna. This can't last. Like you're not gonna beat the best teams in the NFL by doing this every single week. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to figure out something to get the ball downfield to be able to be more proficient on the offensive side of the ball because you can't live and die by getting turnovers on defense mm -hmm. and getting the best field position on the game. It's not going to work. This is a team that's been outgained in most of their wins, just like the Steelers have, and it's just not going to work for the long haul. <clears throat> yeah, it's like... You'll you'll watch the Broncos and you're like, okay, like, you know, mixing in some Javante Williams, some Jaleel McLaughlin. Like, you're like, okay, some Cortland Sutton. This, you know, we're cooking here. And then it's just stall, stall, stall. Next yep. the next three drives. It's super weird. So and the Vikings, um, I think, you know, I'm not trying to rain on your parade. I, I still think you guys will win some games, but this this is how and I mean we're probably going to talk about this later on in the future when the awards come out, but it is a shame that there's not a lot of non-QBs higher up in the MVP race, but watching teams, it is it further influences how fucking import, important a quarterback is. How, and I, you know, Josh Dobbs did not have a bad game. But going forward, you need to get your guy. Like it yeah. is so it is so important in nowadays game to have a really good quarterback. But I'm gonna go ahead and get into the last game. Um, been talking about this. Usually, these are the easy ones. We're on an hour on this, um, and it's only going to get longer because we're going to talk about the Eagles and the Chiefs. Uh, one more point on Russell Wilson and why this can't last is because he has his completed air yards per completion, which is yards the ball traveled in the air past the line of scrimmage, mm -hmm. is twenty eighth in the league at four point seven yards. So that's. That's going to have to change if they're going to win any big games. The only people – you know what's funny is Pat Mahomes is at 29, and we can talk about – we are going to talk about that game next and mm -hmm. what they need to change also. <laughs> Where are the Steelers? Uh, Kenny Pickett's at 27, 4.8. Zach Wilson's at 26, 5.1. So the, team, the people behind him is – it's funny. Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, 29 and 30. And then Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Bryce Young, Tyson, Bagent, 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 are 31, 32, 33, 34. So, not number great. Number one is CJ Stroud at 7. Yeah, that's what I thought. It's CJ Stroud, Brock Purdy, Matt Stafford. This one's funny. Jimmy G. Wow. 
But you got to think about games played. He's only played six. And Tannehill's five. He's only played six. Two is six. So. Well, you know, two to a band. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my goat. Yeah, it's just you got to get. Yeah, if Man, that intermediate passing game. That short passing game is important for when you can't throw it downfield. And it's not going to last forever. Plus, yeah. the, the Broncos aren't the best running team, which that's going to hurt them against good defenses. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's it's weird with like like I look at this Broncos team, I look at their wide receiver weapons, and I'm like, this doesn't really to me like this doesn't really fit Russell Wilson. They no, they need like a they need a burn like a good burner. Well, they got that. De- uh, what's his name? Mims. Yeah, but I don't like. He's a burner. We've yeah, seen it on Peyton, punt returns. Peyton's not like using him. I know. I don't. I don't know what the deal is with that. To be honest with you, they got figured out though. Like I said, you can't live and die by your defense getting turnovers. It's going to turn on you eventually, and mm-hmm. you're just going to be pissed off. This is good if you had a bridge quarterback or a rookie quarterback, but you gave this man the bag, so y'all need to figure this shit out. Yeah. The Eagles and the Chiefs, great game. Uh, Looked like the Chiefs were going to run away with it, but the Eagles came back and squeezed out a dub 21 to 17, I believe. Yeah, 21 to 17. 21 to 17. I picked the Eagles in this. I always knew. I was going to double down and put money on them when they were down 17 to 7. Just uh, that's crazy that the Chiefs scored 17 at half and then just did not score (laughs) in the second half. Yeah, they've done that three games in a row now, which is troublesome to say the least. They've always, yeah. I feel like they've always kind of been like this, but this is like peak of struggle mm-hmm. that they've had. Because against like the Bengals, they could never score late. It's like adjustments kill them. But the last two years have been a really weak wide receiver room, I would say. So, and nothing has hurt this team more than drops. They're leading the league in drops by a mile. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This is the best defense the Chiefs, has had, Chiefs have had since Pat Mahomes has been on the team. And it just doesn't matter. Because in big moments, Pat Mahomes is getting the ball there where it needs to be, and it's just being dropped. So if they don't figure that out quick, which I don't know how they can, because the trade deadline's already passed. Mm-hmm. This is To me, this isn't fixable with what you have in that wide receiver room. Yeah, it's... It's different with like, and the Eagles, the Eagles were, the Eagles weren't too bad with like their play calling and whatnot. Like they're still getting runs off with Swift and Devontae had a good game. Um, there wasn't really much connection with AJ Brown, especially after that um, interception where he, he could have been, he could still be in the end zone right now. If fucking Hurts would have hit him. Um, but it's it's different with like we know it, it heightens how bad the wide receiver room is when you like you know you have like this is the best QB I've ever seen in my life 
and they're losing games. And it seems like the game plan is, yo, just take Travis Kelsey out the game. And, they were triple teaming him. And, you know, we're we're going to let these other wide receivers win the game. And they just could not. Which is uh, sad. Like, you're triple team. That means someone is open. And they just – and Pat is finding them. And they're just dropping it. It's disturbing. It also – like, this is – this was a – an L on all facets, such as, like, the Chiefs defense has been, you know, really good, and they kept, is just, just um, chipping away. The Eagles were just chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And it doesn't help with, like, them getting short field position possessions and, you know, three and outs happen. Or Pat Mahomes, Pat Mahomes has been handicapped not only by his wide receivers, but by his offensive line as well. How many how many times were both tackles penalized? All starts. Holy yeah, that's true. They're the most penalized tackles in the league, right? Uh, yeah. Like the false starts is nothing more demoralizing for a team that Pat Mahomes is, as you said, 29th in the air yards it takes to get to a wide receiver. And what is it, like four or something? Or three or something, I guess, if you're 29th. But if you if you are only getting averaging that much, you doing a false start is more than the air than the air yards. Five yards back. So you're starting first and fifteen, and then your first play maybe gets you back to second and ten. So that's that's and it's not just false start, oh my bad, I'll fix it. It's false start, and then the next the next fucking if you get the first down, it's a false start again. You cannot, you cannot, your offense will implode, which it did. Your offense will implode if all you're doing is starting five yards back, five yards back. You get a good drive, holding. A good run, you only got the good run because of holding. And this this might be the best front four you'll face, but it's been like this the whole season. So... Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not, I mean, even, even with, like, even if you lose games, like, the Chiefs are in a tough spot now, because it's not like you can wait till the draft to get better, because you're already going to have a low pick, because you're still good enough to be in the 20s range. So, you're cooked. In <sighs> a sense, you're cooked. But, it, but the good thing about this is the AFC is cooked. Like, like there's there's no there's nobody that has like sh- shined in the AFC yet. And it very well could be an NFC Super Bowl, NFC Super Bowl winner. Because each AFC team has an issue with the Chiefs offensive line, wide receiver issues. The Browns, you're on your third string quarterback. The uh, the Ravens, injuries. You know, they don't have Mark Andrews now. So, Bills, their ass. Dolphins, they can implode. They can, they can put 70 and they can lose by 40. So, Chargers, their ass. Yeah, it's... It's, it's just not looking good for a representation of, the, of our conference. But... 
Yeah, the Chiefs, the Chiefs wide receivers. Ass. It's probably the worst room in ass the league. Maybe the Panthers haven't beat. But I mean, it's pretty it's pretty rough out here for the Chiefs. On the Eagles yeah. side though, they got one of the best receivers mm-hmm. and receiving rooms in the league. Uh I think they need Goddard back, but I mean hurts. Yeah, for the intermediate stuff. Yeah. I mean Eagles are finding ways to win and we know they can be anybody, so I think this game was more about how the Chiefs it was their game to lose, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And that's what they did. It was the same, it was almost the same situation as the Lions game. A drop pass lost in that game too. So yeah. uh, they got some shit to clean up and I I'm not seeing a Super Bowl run this year from them. No. They're gonna have to make some moves on that wide receiver. The thing about this is this is a this is a good draft to get a wide receiver. Yeah, true. They're still gonna make the playoffs and they still have an easy last few games, but I yeah. I don't see them. But the crazy thing is, like, who's going to represent for the Super Bowl, bro? It's going like, to be the Browns with DTR. So, yeah, the crazy thing is, who's going to represent for the Super Bowl? Like, no, you know what's crazy is I can totally see the Bills going this year. And get absolutely fucking mollywopped? I don't think they'll get mollywopped, to be honest with you. Dude, I think the 49ers will absolutely mollywop. Oh, you think the 49ers coming out there? Let's see. Yeah. Oh, shit. Making the yeah, Or, or making the, the Eagles. Call. It doesn't matter. What about the Cowboys? Or the Eagles. <laughs> the, I mean, the Cowboys could win the fucking Super Bowl. You know, I, I, I do. I am leaning more NFC right now. I mean, unless a significant injury happens, like they beat each other up. I like the thing. The thing to me, like the NFC, like maybe the 49ers. Maybe the Eagles because of the tush push, but they don't be beating each other up like the AFC does. And maybe it's just because maybe it's just because I'm an AFC North elitist. But man, they don't be beating. They don't beat each other up. We 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 see. I mean, the Giants put thirty one. Like like nobody be beating each other up. The the Cowboys pants just thirty three to ten. Ain't nobody letting Devito score thirty one points on them in the AFC North. Absolutely zero chance. <laughs> the Bears, twenty six to thirty one. Like Steelers, Steelers, Browns, ten thirteen. Fucking beating each other up. It's because we have defenses. <laughs> Those two teams don't have defenses, and neither does anyone in the NFC South except for maybe the Cowboys. Even the what? Eagles' defense really isn't that good. They no, have a pass rush. Good. They have a good D line, but the back end is rough. Like fucking Colts, Patriots. Two weeks ago, ten to six. Yeah, Broncos, Bills, twenty four, twenty two. But Giants, Cowboys, forty nine, seventeen. See, like, come on, bro. Nasty, nasty work right there. But that was our uh, noteworthy games. We're gonna go ahead and get into the headlines, and then we're gonna make a picks and get the fuck out of here. This is gonna be like a easy two hour episode. It doesn't need to be. Um, first headline. You know, you, you can do the headlines. I'll kind of just spearheaded this whole fucking thing. Uh, first go headline ahead. we got the most important one probably of the week was on Thursday night football. Joe Burrow hurt second, his hand. Second, second important, second important one. Yeah, second important. So Joe Burrow hurt his wrist and is out for the year officially. So that just ended the chances of the Bengals going to the playoffs, most likely. Um, yeah, yeah, they're fried. 
they don't have <laughs> they don't have a top five defense to carry him. They don't have a backup QB good enough to carry him. Like they're pretty much they don't have the coaching. Let me let me just say right now they don't have the head coach to carry them through this. It is going to be a struggle from here on out for the Bengals and their fans. And you know we over here at DWC, no matter who it is, you know rivals, not rivals, teams I don't give a fuck about. We don't want to see anybody injured over here. Yeah, no, not at all. I always my thing wait, is wait, I, wait, wait, wait. What? But oh, Bengals fans, this shit kind of karma, bro. You you ain't gonna have a perfect season ever again. That was your the, the Super Bowl. That was your last chance, bro. Welcome to the fucking NFL. People get fucking hurt, bro. People get hurt. I mean, look at my team. It's fucking depleted this year. My team's depleted. Welcome to the NFL, bro. I'm glad you got your name played on your name tag. Get acclimated with everybody. Welcome to the AFC North. Nobody's last in the whole season, bro. Yeah, true. You know, I, you know. And I'm not count. I'm not calling out all fucking Bengals fans. Every fan base does this because every fan base has toxic fans. But making like you know, I can sit back and fucking joke about Deshaun Watson being fucking mediocre, and I you know, whatever. But if you're like, ha ha and kikiing at a man getting injured, and then ne- <laughs> the next week, and not even the next team, week, two days later, two days later, Cooks. your QB's out for the fucking season. You shouldn't have been talking shit, bro, because this happens every year. Yeah, if you believe in karma, will always get hurt. I don't necessarily believe in karma, but if you did and you were a Bengals fan, that shit hit hard this year, didn't it? Very unfortunate. I don't ever like like I was saying. I, as an AFC North fan and Browns fan, I want to beat the teams in our division with their starting QBs, with their players healthy, because. It's no fun beating a team with a backup QB. Like, yeah, of course we're supposed to win. And then the other team that the other fans that you're playing against are going to say, oh, yeah, well, you were supposed to beat us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no bragging rights in that. It's fun. Like, this week was fun that our backup beat Kenny Pickett. That's hilarious. <laughs> but it's no fun. Like, if the Steelers would have beat us, like, I could have easily made the excuse, you should beat us. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's I the think- fucking NFL. Like, Every game's going to be tough in division. Yeah. I mean, especially with our, I think our teams especially, like if, if, the, if the Steelers beat the Bengals next week, do you really think I give a fuck? Yeah, I'm going to be like, yo, we beat y'all. Dude, I got, I got way more shit to worry about. I might not have a starting QB that is a starting QB. I, you know, I got shit to worry about in the future. I'm over here. I, I might need a new QB. I might need a new fucking head coach. Like, yeah. I, I, you think I care about beating Jake fucking Browning? <laughs> you think I care about if we would have beat DTR? Yeah. The dude was drafted in the fifth fucking round from UCLA. Like, yeah, like you ultimately, think I care about that shit. Yeah, ultimately, it's not gonna redirect your whole season. All right, before we go to this next headline, I gotta go to the bathroom. Can we pause this? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, are you taking a shit? Yeah, I might. I might have to. <laughs> yeah, can we pause it? I think we can, can we? I, I, yeah, I, I mean, I can put the recordings together. Okay.
Well, if you want to keep, if you want to talk about going around about Matt Canada, go ahead. That's yeah. our next headline. Yeah, yeah. Next headline, go take a shit. I'll be back. <laughs> Shout out the podcast. Yeah. So Joe Burrow out for the year. Um, I know sports betters. I mean, we did our own parlay. Um, we thought this game was going to be like fireworks back and forth. Ravens and Bang and Bengals. Uh, Mark Andrews is out for the year. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure. I mean, Reed's not in here. Reed's not in here because he's taking a shit. But I'm gonna make sure to add this in for the for one of our headlines and one of our talking points uh, later on. But Mark Andrews got hit as uh, a hit hip drop tackle, and he's out for this season. And then Joe Burrow's wrist. Uh, I think everybody that was watching the game saw that attempt of a pass, and it just wasn't it. And I know he's pissed about being uh, not able to play for the Bengals, but and we all saw like when he was coming through that he had whatever on his wrist or like hand, and they're saying there's an arm sleeve, but who the fuck just wears an arm sleeve as like a fashion piece? That's not. That's weird. We all knew it was like some kind of injury thing, uh, injury-related thing. I don't know when he got it, but it got re-aggravated in the Ravens game when Jadavion Clowney uh, tackled Joe Burrow. So, yeah. Out for the year, Bengals fans, or Bengals, uh, Bengals fans are talking about tanking um, to get a higher draft pick. But like the offensive line help you need is like top top six seven picks, so I don't really know what they're gonna draft or who they're gonna draft. I think they they I think underlying they have a lot of shit to worry about more than what they think they they need, especially with coaching and offensive line and defensive pieces. I think overall it's kind of. It could potentially, and if you're going to keep T. Higgins, I think it could potentially turn into a dumpster fire. Potentially, if not handled correctly. Um, but yes, headline number two: Matt Canada for the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive coordinator has been fired as a coordinator, as a coach of any team that he ever was college and NFL. He has a losing record. Um, when he has coached the Steelers in college, um, offenses have been le- like lesser than what they were. So this man has been detrimental to a multitude of teams. Now, the conversation turns into, and what I said earlier, these last games of this year, whether we make the playoffs or not, I think we still can make the playoffs. But this is all riding on, is Kenny Pickett the guy or not? If I'm the GM, I'm aggressive. I'm not waiting a whole nother year, wasting a whole nother year of TJ, a whole nother year of Minka, and the few years left we have is Cameron Hayward. Hayward. We have to see if this is the guy or not, because it's starting to get locker room frustrations. People are getting fired, which Matt Canada deserves to get fired. You know, he's had some bottom five offense each year that he's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think he has been detrimental to Kenny's mental and the way he processes things. He's been detrimental to the wide receiver room. 
He's been the only room he hasn't been detrimental to is the running backs. Um, now, do I think this is 100% his fault? No. I think we also have things to worry about. Why are we still starting Dan Moore at left tackle? You know, is Kenny the guy? Can he read an offense? Can he read, can he read a defense? You know, but this isn't a scapegoat firing such as the Ken Dorsey shit. Ken Dorsey was a scapegoat. Matt Canada deserved to be fired. He deserved to be fired last year. Coming into the new year, we should have had a new OC. Uh, it has been almost 40, 50 years since the Steelers have had an in-season coach fired. So, and that is when, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but I read it. We had a head coach owner, head coach slash owner, and he fired himself. So, it's been eons since we fired another coach in season. But this motherfucker had to go. And that's that's what happens. You know, it took too long for the Steelers, but I think with the media, and I think social media is a huge part into this. And this is why I think, this is a, a main reason why I think coaches are getting fired so fucking fast, is because they're probably tired of seeing everybody talking about fire this fucking man. There's, there's, there's a shorter leash in the NFL now than there was back in the day. So, he got fired, deserved to get fired, needed to get fired, but Steelers, we have a lot. I mean, yeah, I was happy when he got fired. I didn't believe it. I thought it was a meme, but we have a lot to fucking work on. You think it's a cop-out? No, like no, a- no. I, and I said, I said this earlier. I said, it's, it isn't like a Ken Dorsey. Like, that was a scapegoat. Ken Dorsey was a scapegoat firing. This, the, he needed to get fired. Like, there was just, it was too toxic on both sides, and he needed to go. So, now the Steelers are having, <clears throat> which is weird, our running back coach, Eddie Faulkner, is the coordinator, and then our QB coach, Sullivan, is the play caller. So, I don't really know how the fuck that's going to work out. It, uh, it's turning into a Tomlin has both hands on the defense and offensive side. Which, I don't, you know, Tomlin, I, you know, don't get me wrong, Tom, I love Tomlin. Right? Tomlin's got me Super Bowl. That's my guy. In love with this man. That is one of my man crushes. But his head is too old school. So, when I think of him having hands on the offense, it makes me cringe. And I think we need to, like, the XOC needs to be an outside hire. We do not need to do any more inside hires. Outside hire only. Uh, I'm probably going to spend, not waste my time, spend my time in the offseason doing some work on the candidates. Um, I heard Byron Leftwich is a candidate. Not happy about that. And even fucking Ben Roethlisberger is a candidate. So... I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. I really hope we get someone smart and someone young and and just some fucking aggressiveness and some and like a great mind for this offense. Um, but yeah, bro, Matt Canada got fired. How do you feel about Matt Canada getting fired? Uh, I wish you would assign him to a lifetime contract. <laughs> um, I also don't think your problems are just going to go away like that. Uh, I think ultimately Tomlin's course 
unless he's willing to put aside his pride and his hands all, like you said, his hands all over the fucking program. Uh, I don't think anything's going to get fixed anytime soon. Making the running back coach the lead for, or the OC, I guess, for the following games and make, allowing him to make the game plan but not actually call the plays is just out of touch with reality, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Um, and from what I've heard, you're looking at, what, Byron Lefwich and a few other people that have already had ties to the Steelers. So it doesn't really seem like you're going to get out of that. Uh, what is it like? A, you're almost like a prestigious university in a way. <laughs> yeah. Like alumni come back <laughs> and work for you. I just, it, it just doesn't work. Like it doesn't work like that. When you have the same mindset and I've, I think Tomlin's a great coach. He's a rah-rah guy. The players like him. He always says the right thing. But I think in due time, that all runs its course in the NFL. And it's time to change and time to get progressive. And I don't know if Tomlin has done to do that. So I think the problems with you guys start with Mike Tomlin. And if he doesn't decide to change, then it's not going to get any better. No. I That's think, how I see it. I think with – I think it could it could lead to – and this is a worst case scenario. I think it could lead to later on in the future Tomlin have like resigning. I don't think he'll get fired, but I think it'll be like a push resigning. Um, and I don't know what the reports were saying because I, I remember you taught you sent in our Twitter chat about it. Tomlin didn't fire Matt Canada. Our Rooney fired him. Rooney fired his ass. Our owner came in and fired his ass. It wasn't Tomlin. Um, but, I mean, Tomlin, like, agreed with it. But it was Rooney. He came to his desk and was like, yo, it's time. And that's, like, <clears throat> that's funny. And it's probably, like, funny to, like, Browns fans. Like, this loss to a fifth-round rookie, that was, that was the breaking point <laughs> to firing. But um, before we go on to the third headline, I did want to get your opinion on what I said about the Joe Burrow. I talked a little bit more about the Joe Burrow out for the year. I said that the Bengals fans have Bengals fans have more like this Joe Burrow out for the year. Fucking terrible. Like, obviously, like you want Joe Burrow to play. You want him to be healthy. But I said Bengals fans have a lot more to worry about than they think with with uh because i said they want to tank but realistically the offensive line help that you need like yeah this is a deep qb wide receiver draft this isn't really a deep o-line draft so the alignment that you need will already be gone within the first like 10 12 picks and um like and the good good ones will be gone within the first six or seven you need online help. You have a dwindling defense. When you need and you need the draft defensive players because contracts are gonna run out and people are getting older. You need to figure out about the T. Higgins situation. Joe Mixon's only getting older. And you need to see like Zach Taylor's not 
an amazing coach. You might lose your defensive coordinator. So I think like they have a lot more on their plate that could potentially I said it could potentially get to dumpster fire level if not contained within the first like two, three years. Uh, I think with Joe Burrow, they're going to be okay in general. But I agree. They have a lot going on right now. They're not in a... It's actually kind of funny because people will say the Browns are in a worse off situation with Deshaun Watson's contract than they are than the Bengals are, like, overall team situation. When Mm -hmm. in reality, you could argue that the Browns are in a better situation right now for next year than the Bengals are. Um, Obviously, that just that's about understanding the cap and how the Browns are going to manage that contract. But, Uh I mean, I've always thought the Bengals as a non-threat to the Browns for one simple reason, and that is because they can't block Miles Garrett. At all. They cannot block him, and now our D-line is 10 times better than they've ever seen it before. And we saw it in the first game played this year. Yes, Pat Mahom- or Patrick Mahomes was... God, Joe Burrow was hurt. I get that. He couldn't move around. That made him more... I mean, he only had, like, what, 93 passing yards on us? Mm-hmm. But we also, like, even when he's healthy, he still doesn't play well against us. So, I think... For me, I think the most important things to build your franchise on is you start with an O-line. You have to put the O-line together before you get your QB. Then you get your QB. And then you get the weapons for the QB, right? Mm -hmm. They did it backwards. They got the QB. Then they got the receiver. And now they're trying to build the O-line. And now Joe Burrow's the most sacked QB in history, right? In the Mm -hmm. first three seasons, four seasons that he's played. And, yes, you can say the Jamar Chase pick was good, obviously. You got the best receiver in the draft, and you got the QB who also was throwing him the football when they played together. It was instant connection. They knew each other. They had rhythm together. I'm not discrediting that pick at all. But the reason you guys didn't win the Super Bowl is because of a sack, a QB pressure, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And their O-line, they have proven they can't draft O-linemen or they can't develop them. I don't know what it is, but it's just, ah, man, yeah. I've never been scared to play the Bengals. I'm scared to play the Steelers, and I'm scared to play the Ravens. I'm not scared to play the Bengals either with Joe Burrow. And I'm not saying their window's dead because it's not. With Joe Burrow, they can go on a run anytime. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He, can, he can bust them out of shit situations, which is what you want out of a franchise QB because he's one of the best of the league. But two things that are holding him back that you need to win a Super Bowl, in my opinion, is head coach, calling plays. He's not a good play caller. He's, he, I think he's a good head coach. He manages well, um, adjusts well, but he, does not, he needs to give up play calling. Um, and the O-line is weak. It's one of the weakest O-lines in football. So, yeah, I, I could see them – being in dumpster fire situation if Lou on a what is the name on a I can't even say his name. I just call him Lou. If Lou leaves, <laughs> they they better bring in someone that can replicate what he does because he has carried them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting. Yeah the the thing about that kind of stuff is. 
like you said, that they worked backwards. And I don't I don't think people realize, especially in the NFL and especially in the AFC North, like if you don't have your line situated, you losing four out of the six games you played in the AFC North. And four losses mean a lot. You're not going undefeated in the other games. And the Bengals, with scheduling, like the NFL is a product, is a product that wants to make money, ticket sales, TV sales, whatnot. If you're a good team, if you're a high-flying team, they're going to put you up against the good teams. So (laughs) if you can't protect your quarterback, no matter how good your quarterback is, I think Joe Burrow's a top-three quarterback, obviously. But if that motherfucker's on the sidelines, if that motherfucker's sitting next to me, if me and Joe Burrow got the same amount of playing time in the game, you're not winning. And it's not... And it starts with it starts with the calf injury. Four or five weeks turns into the wrist injury out of the season. What what's going to be next? This is the second season-ending injury. This is every year he's played, he's played hurt. And yep. you're making these big signings, and we're not moved. Yeah, he's been hurt every year to start the year, and two season-ending injuries. So, ah. Risky business. You're giving PED monsters millions of dollars. And he doesn't play. You're See, giving... it's like I understand I understand the his injury. He's missed what? Uh thirteen games? Mm-hmm. About that. Well, after this year, about thirteen yeah. games or something. But it's not just missing games, it's playing hurt. Yeah, that is also it also needs to be included, because if you're going to if you're going to say. Like, look how the Bengals have started the last two years. Not good. And then the Bengals fans say, oh, well, Joe Burrow wasn't fully healthy coming in. Well, that's a problem, because just like this year showed. And I know Burrow got hurt in the Ravens game. We we can't say for sure if the Ravens would have won or the Bengals would have won, but. (laughs) This year showed that the teams in that division aren't going away like they had the last few years because of injuries. So starting slow like that is, if it is a direct cause of his injury, then that's a problem, and those games should count towards his injury history. And Bengals fans are like, oh, but his injuries are way blown out of proportion. No, they're not, because they're costing you four or five losses at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, those games should count just as much as the games he hasn't even played because he's hurting the team by playing, is he not? Yes. Like, I don't – I don't. it's it's funny to me because he has the most money in the league now. He's paid the most money in the league, and he's also affected – he I, – I will say Zach Taylor puts too much pressure on him to win games. They mm-hmm. absolutely need him, and that's because of how horrible Zach Taylor is. In my opinion, they put, he puts too much pressure on Joe Burrow to win games, make throws, and do all this extra shit. But you have to, in my opinion, count those games that he played hurt and how it affected the team because they did not start good. They, they were like two and three, two and four the last two years in a row off of him coming off injuries in the preseason. So you could, 
it's I don't think you can argue yet, but I mean, if Joe Burrow gets hurt again, you could start to argue this is one of the worst contracts in history, right? People mm-hmm. love to just shit on the Browns for Deshaun. And I mean, I mean, it does it is granted though. I mean, he's also this contract isn't looking good either. Neither contract. No, a hundred percent. But if we're going to talk about one, we have to talk about the other, right? Yeah, that's just how it is. And like Lamar Jackson, like he just got paid, he's finally healthy. Thank God, because I was tired of him getting hurt. Like holy fuck, it's just like you can't have it. You can't just argue one way and not the other. Yeah, Joe Burrow's mm-hmm. missed significant time. He's cost them games because he hasn't come into the season healthy. It's the same fucking thing as Deshaun Watson missing two years. You know what I mean? Yeah. Neither one has won anything important, and that's just how it is. So, I mean, it's a it's a fucking two-way road. And if Burrow doesn't get healthy, and I think a lot of his health comes from his O-line not being good. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, they're in dangerous territory with the, the head coach that they have and Lou maybe leaving. I don't know. So I said potential dumpster fire. Yeah. Potential. I think everything's in the dumpster and it's getting wait to it's waiting to get lit up. But uh, like you said, like yes, obviously, if I play the Bengals with Jake Browning, if I play the Browns with DTR, if I play the Ravens, Tyler Huntley, obviously I'm going to have an advantage in that game. Because these are backup QBs. These are rookie QBs. Do I want any advantage I can take as a Steelers fan? Of course, because I want wins. Do I want these people to get hurt? No, because of the love of the NFL. Nobody wants to tune in to Kenny Pickett versus Jake Browning. I know, it's annoying. Now we have, what, like seven starting QBs out? Yeah. We We don't want QBs to get hurt. We don't want people to get hurt, no matter if they're a rival or not. So if you if you are and I mean the Bengals are attempting because they're dishing out all this money to these tackles but like you need to you you need to evaluate your talent insanely you need to spend some money on a talent evaluator because there's no way that and I mean I was skeptical at first too because this man is so huge. But there's no way that you don't take a swing at Dewan Jones. This man fell to the fourth round because he's he's a fucking mountain. He was and third. Third round. Third round. Third round because he's a fucking... I thought he was fourth round. No, he was third. Third round because he's a fucking mountain. Like, And he's you, turned out to be one of the best pass blockers in the league. <laughs> if, you, if you have good enough coaching, you can, co- you can coach... I mean, obviously, there's just some people that are just ass, right? But if the only issue is he's just fat, you can work on that. And it's it's become an issue for edge rushers to get past them. Now, I think if, if he needs to lose more weight because the injuries are going to pile on because all that weight on his legs, of course. But... You like it's it's hard to get past him because he's so fucking huge. But his arms are so long. But if you if you're starting, I mean, I love Jonah Williams, but he's a guard. If you're starting guards at left tackle, now he's a right tackle. If you're giving all this money out to, you know, Orlando Brown. What are they fifth in spending on our line? Yeah, 
Man. And the Chiefs and the Chiefs. I mean, granted, the Chiefs tackles issues are just fucking false starts. And then, um, what was I about to say? You gave all that money to fucking Leo Collins, and he's ass. Like, you ha- you have to you have to think about this more logically than you are because yeah, this I mean, not and it's worse than like. Okay, this could be a terrible contract. Burrow's getting hurt. Burrow could be like, fuck y'all, bro. I want to play longer than fucking seven years. Yeah. I'm leaving. Joe Burrow has been sacked 40 times more than the the years, the same amount of years Andrew Luck been sacked. And Andrew Luck's at home. And the sacks, sacks are like a different, like sacks, yes. It's a stat that contributes to the O-line, and it also contributes to the quarterback staying in the pocket too long or not getting rid of the ball. But it's not even accounting to the fucking QB hits, the hurries, because you could still get hurt on a hurry because you're going to hurry up and you fucking reactivate your calf because you're making these different plants. So if your QB is just getting fucking beat up and you give your QB how much money, bro? And all he's doing is getting going back there and getting beat up. You're you're lucky, like Herbert gets fucking beat up and, and Herbert's hurt and he's six six. It really makes me wonder though why these QBs. I know you can get the most money out of the team that drafts you in terms of max contract value, but it really makes me wonder why these QBs stay. Like if I was Justin Herbert, I'm not signing a fucking extension. No, as a, as a top five QB, you have all of the leverage. Yeah, you could be like, I'm sitting a year, and they'd be like, oh, God, full panic mode. You could absolutely sit, do whatever you want. And someone like Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow, like Joe Burrow, I'm sure he had a meeting that was like, listen, if I'm signing this, you better fix that damn O-line. And guess what? We're just not there. So, I I don't know. But, yeah, Yeah. I mean. I don't know about the Bengals. Like I said, I'm, I've never been worried about them. Their record is negative in the AFC North with Joe Burrow. And that's with all the injuries. You know what I mean? I'm just like, they don't scare anyone in the AFC North. The reason they made the playoffs and made the runs is because they beat the fuck, they beat teams later in the year that are outside of the division. Like, I'm not fucking worried about them at all. All right, let's go ahead and get into the third one. Zach Wilson has been benched, and you said he is the third string now? Third string yeah, player. Salah put him at third string. We can make this one quick. This should have happened as soon as they signed Simeon on the practice squad. They should have elevated him a week after to starting QB. And guess what? Simeon still isn't the starting QB. They're starting Tim Boyle. And Tim Boyle, let me, let me give you some history on Tim Boyle. And this is when I was talking about coaching malpractice in the NFL. One, Salah was probably getting pressure from above for, from the GM who drafted Zach Wilson and the ownership, let it ride out. Whatever, I get that one. Salah mm-hmm. lying his ass off every press conference. Zach is our guy. Zach is our guy. Obviously, a breaking point happened, and then he's like, oh, no, Tim Boyle's our guy. This is where I draw the fucking line because I know nobody in that goddamn office, no owner, no GM, Not even Robert Sala believes that Tim Boyle is the fucking guy. This man has never, and I mean never, I don't even know how he's in the NFL because he has never in his career in college or the NFL had a year with more touchdowns than interceptions. 
And I'm not talking like a four touchdown to seven interception. I'm talking like four touchdowns to 13 interception type seasons. This guy is not an NFL QB. He's not. And Trevor Simeon, when he played for the Jets, was okay, right? He was, he was, he could manage a game, mm -hmm. is what I would say. So, what is going on besides trying to get fired? So, are you telling me? So this is basically just a draft capital move, right? You just you're just wanting to get higher picks because there's no, I mean we're not you know, but are they? Enough, none of us are going to lose any sleep if at least us two are not going to lose any sleep about the fucking Jets about what they do with the organization. But it's something to be like, you are getting paid millions of dollars, and this is the product that you're putting out. At some point, you gotta have some humility here, bro. You gotta have some shame. You're just telling, and and it pisses us off more because, you know, we're DWC defense wins championships. We're both we both love defense more than offense. You know, we have a um, softer heart for the defensive players over the offensive players. If I'm on the defense for the Jets, I'm sitting out. I have it. I have my hamstring hurts. I got a back issue. You can't tell me to play more than because you're going to be playing more than the offense because he's going to do three and outs and turn the ball over. I'm risking my life, and you're not even putting the best guy out there. Yeah, I mean it. It you could tell there was the boiling point hit for the de the defense last week. They were getting late hits. Uh, Sauce Gardner threw Stephon Diggs down late. Like, come on. I mean, it was – I don't know how they've bought into Robert Sala even preaching that Zach Wilson's the guy. He never has been the guy. He never will be the guy. His career is over as a starting QB in the NFL. It's mm -hmm. over. Let it die. I get it. He didn't go to the best situation. The O-line's been horrible. But at some point, and it's the same thing with Kenny Pickett, you got to fucking make some plays, right? Eventually. Yeah. I mean, you drafted this dude at two. Nothing is fucking perfect in the NFL. It never has been. It never will be. But you got to fucking make plays if you're going to survive. And yeah. I'm I'm just tired of the facade from Robert Sala. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm over it. This team is horrible. No one cares about your franchise at all. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming back to save you, fucks. And I think you know that, know that now. Or at least you know or you knew. And now you're just admitting it to the world by starting Tim Boyle. I think I think it's over. It's finished. The season's over for the Jets. Yeah, and I think you as and you know I'm not you know I'm not over here preaching masculinity and blah 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 blah. But you as a man, you cannot like I don't care what the upper people say, upper heads say. It could get me fucking fired. You cannot go out there and be a puppet. You got to think of the future, bro. You are not going to be a Jets head coach for the rest of your life. You are not in this for the long haul. They can fire your ass next year, bro. And how's it going to look for the other teams that need a head coach down the line? They're not even going to fucking call you because all you're doing is being a puppet. I don't want a puppet on my team. So it was a long time coming, needed to happen. But going forward... Just, just tell. I just wish you guys would just. I just wish these teams would be transparent, and I think, I think it'd be hilarious. 
we are tanking. <laughs> like, obviously, yeah, that you shouldn't tank, but you'd be like, this is this is for y'all, Jets fans. We're we're trying to get these fucking players, bro. So yeah. That and that's what happens when you put your whole season towards a thirty-eight year old quarterback that does no training. Yeah. He gets fucking hurt and you're cooked. Yep, that's and and look at all the moves they made banking off this one. See, I don't know how we, as in the Browns, get more shit for Deshaun than the Jets did for Aaron Rodgers. Look at this. Like infrastructural structurally, coaching, player wise, they made more moves appealing to the 38-year-old QB Aaron Rodgers than the Browns did just giving up picks for Deshaun Watson. They not only changed their QB with Aaron Rodgers, they changed. They went after every receiver he asked for. They got the OC that he wanted that worked with him in Green Bay, and they got the backup QB that was with him, Tim Boyle, for like two or three years on Green Bay. What in the fuck? And what have they produced? Alan Lazard, dropping passes left and right, can't get open. Randall Cobb, been hurt half the year. These are all old, washed players that they got, and they were like, yeah, we're winning a Super Bowl with this guy. No, the fuck you're not. And they're going to do it again by trying to get Devontae. Listen, if you want to talk about the Browns' dysfunction, and I take this personally because, yeah, we've been dysfunctional for years. But if you want to talk about dysfunction, they have not been dysfunctional with Kevin Stefanski for the last four years. The Jets, they are now the new Browns. That is how bad. It runs from the top to bottom because there is yep. no consistency. There is a prayer of a chance with Aaron Rodgers. They were like, we're, we're going all in this year. In reality, they didn't go all in. They got me and you at receiver besides Garrett Wilson. So their O-line was – they put Aaron Rodgers behind an O-line that couldn't block me and you. Like, what are we – this is coaching and franchise malpractice. That's what it is. This I watched this for years. If anyone knows it, it's me. I watched an Owen fucking 16 parade happen because of how fucking dysfunctional our team was for years. And that is the road the Jets are going down if they're going to continue to pull this shit. And the Aaron Rodgers contract might be worse than Deshaun Watson's at this point in time. He's on a vendetta, bro. <laughs> now that they called Deshaun Watson's contract the worst. I mean, it's in contention, but still, like... But, like, like you, at least like, Deshaun. Like you, said, you guys signed Deshaun and then just added pieces for the Browns. You didn't add pieces for Deshaun. Yeah, Deshaun gets hurt, and guess what? We're still winning games. Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, and you're left with all his scrubs like Nathaniel Hackett was ever a good play caller in this league. Really? You're going to sign Nathaniel Hackett as your OC after his stint with the Broncos last year, showing he has no good offensive play calling at all? He made Russ look like the worst QB in football. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Like this is this is peak dysfunction. Them and the Raiders with the McDaniels hire. Like, I, but at least he was that owner was good enough to say fuck this enough. Like I'm done yeah. with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally, Hackett is Rogers' drinking buddy. That's a coach, and they hired him. It's wild, and I just don't understand. Like the hate is obviously directed more at Deshaun's the field issues, right? Yeah. Which is why he gets attacked so much. And the Browns are the Browns. That's what people say. The contract was crazy. I get it. But we also implemented a system to make that contract manageable for five years, which no one's talking about. They're just looking at the cap number and being like, oh, yeah, the Browns have the worst cap situation in football. In reality, we're not the fucking Saints. 
and we're going to be able to manage that while, and I don't think people have realized this yet, it will set in in the offseason, but the Browns will be able to maintain every single piece on their defense for next year. I don't think people know that, but I'm telling everyone right now, it's going to be the same exact team next year with Deshaun Watson coming back. So is it really the worst contract in football? I don't fucking think it is because of how smart our fucking GM is. The Jets are in hell. I'm done talking about that. <laughs> They're legitimately in hell. Aaron Rodgers is not going to fix all the problems magically for this team. That's just not. Yeah, I and, think. And the no, fans aren't the worst ones in hell. It's the defensive players. I agree. Yeah. I would, I would just be like, fuck this. I mean, you're 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 getting taxed out the wazoo from your contract, and you just there's nothing to play for. And you can be like, oh, next year, next year, you still got the same line next year. So, Rough. I don't really know what's gonna happen. Um, but yeah, we over at DWC, we cannot stand you. You 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 making all this fucking money? Owners making all have all this money. And just you, you were just inept with the times. You staying in your old ways, Steelers. This is for you too. You staying in your old ways is going to be detrimental to your team. Yep. You need to have some humility here. <laughs> but uh, fourth one, Shaq Leonard did get released. Um, owed owed sixty three mil. If claimed another another, what? What did you write? Six point three million. Okay, he's owed six point three the rest of the year. If someone gotcha. pays him off waivers, if he gets cleared, you can sign him for a vet min. And then next year, so another part, if you actually claim him this year, is that he's owed six point four million for injury insurance next year. So that mm. will automatically be added on. So if you pick him up off the waivers because you don't want another team to get him, you're gonna owe him twelve million off rip for the next two years, not including his contract if you sign him gotcha. for longer. So twelve million. Are you doing that? No, that is a steep price for a guy that doesn't even play all the snaps Mm -hmm. for his team. Uh, What I see happening is he's going to go on. He's going to get cleared, become a free agent. Someone that's a contender will sign him for a vet man, and he'll decide where he wants to go. So Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't really have a feel for it. I mean, maybe the Lions. Uh, Lord knows they need a linebacker. Uh, I yeah. could see him maybe going to the Dolphins. <clears throat> I don't yeah. know. He's been on a snap count, and we don't know if there's like if it's just bad blood because that another poorly ran franchise is the fucking Colts. Um, we don't know if it's bad blood or if there's underlying. Yes, I can change it. Yeah, and under the the only thing that can. That can ruin Steichen changing that is that fucking owner. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, but yeah, we don't know if there's any underlying health issues. He's been he's had health issues before, so um, more will become will come out about that, and we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Um, and the last one, um, which it, which is going to be our headline, also a, a minor talking piece, is Kareem Jackson suspended again for four games. For the hit on Josh Dobbs, that called him the caused him the fumble. He led with his head, basically speared Josh Dobbs in the fucking shoulder. And uh, Tom Brady talked about this, and he said that the NFL is getting mediocre because um, the defense isn't allowed to be defense a defense, and 
that he thinks that there's not enough um, training and for offensive players to be able to take hits and brace themselves, and it's causing the defense to have to essentially be handicapped in how they have to play and they can't attack uh, players or the ball like they want to because it will be a flag 15 yards. Um, do you agree with the Kareem Jackson suspension? And do you agree that the NFL is getting mediocre because of this stuff? Uh, I don't agree with the suspension. I think he hit him in the chest. Um, and I really think uh, – I do think it's been – I think it's been a – I do think it's more tailored to the offense nowadays. Mm-hmm. And maybe things are getting lazy. I mean, it's hard to disagree with Tom Brady on anything, to be honest with you. When he speaks, you listen, right? No. <laughs> but, I mean, he's been one of the best ever to do it. And I agree. It is kind of getting soft. And it's annoying. But, how, like, this is how I always see the NFL, though. Like, we talked about this, where the offense has, like, three great years. The defense starts to catch up and then the offense goes down again, right? I feel mm-hmm. like it's always ebbs and flows in the NFL because of all the new schemes and stuff that come out. So I don't I don't know if it's really affecting it that way. Is the NFL more mediocre? Maybe, but also Pat Mahomes kind of changed the whole game, right? Mm-hmm. He came into the league, and now NFL teams all run a too-high safety look against the best QBs and the downfield ball isn't as prominent anymore. And, you know, I was starting to think about that with Deshaun too, because remember when he was still playing, the too high safety look wasn't a thing. Mm -hmm. And then, and he's known for his deep ball, just like Pat Mahomes. And then he comes back after two years and the whole defensive realm in the NFL has changed. And it has shown like he struggles, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I really, maybe offensively, um, there's more mediocre. The coaches aren't as good. I do think college football is like a bad product, in my opinion. Like I don't, think, I, I don't think the coaching's very good. You get like, like I said, four players that are NFL ready at all times mm-hmm. out of like a league full of 180 fucking teams. And I agree. Like Tom Brady, I mean that man really wasn't a starter at Michigan, right? Yeah, he started he was, one year, I think. He was back and forth with another QB. Yeah, and like he said, he w- was coached up well. He waited his time, and then I just saw a post recently that Luke Fickle said, "Why are there six and seven year seniors playing in college football right now? Like that shouldn't be a thing. It's not meant. It's not meant to be that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. He's half right. He's half wrong. I think. Yeah, I mean. And we can, I mean, we're an NFL, we're an NFL podcast, but I'm also with you on the college football stuff. Um, it's just, with, especially with the, the transfers and everything, uh, I think uh, one of the solutions, I think, I think they should let, I think they should release a year off of that, um, the mandatory three years. If you're him, you can go in two years. If you, if you are him, him, I think you can go in two years. There's no way that I should have been watching Bijan play three years of football. Well, yeah, but Bijan was good enough that he can he can be him. Especially, I'm I'm saying specifically for running backs because three years and then everybody's getting these shitty contracts and whatnot because you're spending all these years in fucking college. 
but that's true for positions that get beat up a lot. Yeah. Um, I don't think the NFL is getting mediocre just by financial and viewership wise. It's it's continuing to grow, but it also is getting mediocre in the sense of the way the offense. It's so catered to the offense, and I think the way that no, now I don't want to see people get fucking knocked out, but I think you as a quarterback should know, like Tom Brady said, I and that's a part of the game. I cannot throw it over the middle against this team because my player will get fucking knocked out. Yeah. And quarterbacks nowadays are still making that throw. And that's what we call hospital balls because you're literally putting your wide receiver in the hospital if you do that throw. And you have to know, I can't make this throw. And it's not, it's not all 32 teams. Obviously, some teams have terrible linebackers and terrible safeties. But for those few teams that have good linebackers, you know, those few, those few teams that hit hard, I cannot throw it over the middle because this, this is KO. And that should be a part of your game plan and how you should process. Some, it's not going to be like that every time. Sometimes you can throw it over the middle and you'll be safe. But because of the, the rules and everything in the defense and restricting the defense, that's only going to tighten the offense up. And I think it's... Um, funny that these rules are set place for the offense to thrive and the offense has been the worst that it's been in a hot minute because the defenses are so good and the adapt the adapting of defenses so um i'm with tom brady that the nfl and not necessarily soft because i don't want to see people get knocked out but at the same time like it's not that someone's coming over the crossing route and a linebacker is just lighting the raw receiver up. The linebacker or safety is only doing that if the ball comes across. If you don't throw that ball, then there's no safety issues. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I have an issue with about the Kareem Jackson suspension in general is the fact that it was a run play. Yeah. You know what I mean? He wasn't a defenseless receiver. That was Kevin O'Connell. He should be in trouble just as much as Kareem because – he put his QB in that situation to get smoked like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why he yeah. got in. Like, I don't understand the four games. Like, yeah, he's a hard hitter. He hit him in the chest, though. Like, get over it. It's football. Yeah. So, if you, if you, it's different than him standing because that specific play, he had to do that because Josh Dobbs is going to get the first down. And it's not like Josh Dobbs just ran up to him and Kareem just lowered his shoulder. Or hit him, hit him with his head in the shoulder. Kareem Jackson launched. He left his feet, and there's only there's only a, a few ways you can turn your body and move your body when you're in midair. Nobody, we're not fucking like birds, you know. Yeah. He had to jump over linemen because they're on the ground to make this tackle. Yeah, I think this was a great play, and it's not like Josh Dobbs was fucking out of the game. Josh Dobbs still fucking played, and I think it's going to. And what I've been seeing in the games and what I think is going to be detrimental for defenses is um, the the slides. Like, you never know when a QB is going to slide. And I think, like, the way that the defenses have to try to jump over the QB and stuff, I think someone – and I'm surprised nobody's gotten seriously injured from that yet. Because the way your knees and legs have to bend and stuff to try to jump over, bro. I honestly think this this season to me has been refreshing because it's not – fucking offensive heavy like the defenders are getting the best of these qbs and getting the best of the offenses i fucking love it yeah that's what our podcast's all about 
I like the we like the chaos. I think the chaos breeds uh, adaption. And yeah, and I, I love the next year. And this is like I get it. Tom Brady's an offensive guy and shit like that. But I love the parody. Like I even with a backup QB right now for the Browns, in knowing that what we have on defense, I am comfortable playing any team in the league, and I think yeah. we have a shot, a fair chance at winning. So I don't, I don't know. I hate. I think it's. I think it's hilarious that the Broncos can walk in, beat the fucking Chiefs, and the next week beat the fucking Bills. Yeah, that's hilarious. That is funny. Yeah, and it makes the NFL great. That's why the product is thriving beyond anything we've ever seen in the United States. You know what I mean? Bad QB play. Everyone's like, "Oh, bad QB play. It's bad for the league. Ratings are down." That is such a fucking myth. This this sport is so ingrained into the United States and the fans that we're watching Kenny Pickett versus DTR. <laughs> and the stadium is full. And the tickets, and I looked at the ticket prices, those fuckers were $500 a pop. So yeah. for people to say, oh, when Pat Mahomes doesn't throw for 500 yards or Joe Burrow's not throwing for 405 touchdowns, that it's boring to watch, it's not. It really isn't, and people don't care. Yeah, you people don't understand. Like, you can have these fucking amazing games, these three fifty-yard games, three touchdowns. People don't understand how hard it is actually to throw three hundred fifty yards. It's not. It's not like, like oh, we're just passing the whole time. You might, you might get good enough position where you only have to throw thirty yards, or you might be backed up where you have to throw eighty yards. You know, yeah, and it, it's hard. And to me, it shouldn't be easy. So. I'm fucking all about it not being easy for mm-hmm. these Hall of Fame QBs getting 300 yards. Pat Mahomes shouldn't have came in the league and got fucking an average of 350 and four touchdowns every game. Yeah. This, so this, I, the stats aren't – Pat Mahomes going for 400 yards in a game isn't me saying this is the best QB I've ever seen in my life. What he does when he's only thrown for 175 and he needs to win, he has a, two interceptions, one TD – and what he needs to do to win and getting that win. And I'm like, this is the best QB I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, it's so it's just so funny. The product is growing every year. And this year especially, there's been so many last-second touchdown drives or last-second mm-hmm. field goals that how can you not keep watching this product every week? Yeah. And they're just lying. I'm not watching. I'm turning. I'm not going to tune in next year, bro. What exactly. else are you watching on Sunday night? You ain't watching shit. Other exactly. than and how many times have we even said, oh, we're not watching that Bears-Washington game? And then it was fucking 45 to like 38 at the end of it. Like even the shit Thursday night games have been close. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. Like this. Like I get it. The, the rules need to be adjusted i completely agree it favors the offense but this year has been great because the defense has been getting the better of the offense yeah there's only so much that you can do in the sport of football dude it's we have i think this is this is this is it bro that is this is the most protection you can give someone playing football you have a helmet pads that's like there's there's nothing else i can do for you that won't drastically alter the game yeah, I'm I'm totally cool with how the sport is right now. And like I said, the offenses will figure it out. They'll adjust. No one has figured it out yet, right? So yeah. it's going to happen. The league is not yeah. stupid. If anything, the league is not stupid, and the coaches are not stupid in the league. Yeah. Injuries injuries fucking happen, bro. Every uh, Next year, 
another fucking star QB is going to get injured. There, there will never be a season where everybody is fucking healthy. Yeah, it's a contact. They play too sport. many. They play too many games. Yep. For for someone. To do <laughs> but, and it's like freak accidents. It's rarely ever a guy is knocked out yeah. of the league oh, I, because I of a. I meant to ask you about that for a second. We'll just talk about it for like two minutes. I know you got to work soon. Um, yeah, we got to do these picks. <laughs> but, uh, how do you how do you feel about the potential hip drop tackle being banned? That shouldn't be banned. No, I don't. What the fuck are you supposed to do? Just let a guy, if you know you can't get to him, just let him go instead yeah. of diving. You're going to lead to more arm tackles that people are going to break, and then everybody on offense is going to look like this fucking Derrick Henry type beat. Yeah, no, that should definitely not get banned in the league. If they ban that, then it's really going downhill. Yeah, you. I mean, regard even if like you can have the most in-up training from a linebacker coach or a defensive coordinator or whatever, it it all doesn't matter. Like like the same thing with QBs, you can watch whatever in the film room. It doesn't matter until you get into that game and your instincts kicked in. Kick in. If I see somebody potentially going for a touchdown. I'm going to wrap my arms around whatever body part they got that I can wrap my arms around, and I'm going to hold. And if they try to turn and it ends up me being on them, it's very unfortunate. And I hate, yeah. I hate you know, I hate seeing those tackles and then they're out for a couple of weeks. But like, how like as a defensive player, how else are you going to tackle somebody if they've already beaten you from a juke or like a move? Yeah, it makes sense. You're going to grab and hold because you're waiting for your other boys to come through and help. No, it's absolutely ridiculous that they're even thinking about that. And I I can't even see hip drop as intentional because when you hold, you're kind of in the air. Like, like you can't contort your body to land on someone's ankle. It's just what happens. The only, like, like, okay, this is crazy is if you lead in with your head. Like, that's crazy. Because you're hurting yourself, but like hip drop tackles, no. If you want to ban something, you ban you ban the fucking tush push before you ban the hip drop tackle. Yep. But let's go ahead and get into these picks. Rapid fire. Rapid fire. First, all right, let's start with the Thanksgiving games. Wait, we have a oh yeah, never mind. Thanksgiving games first. We got the Packers at the Lions. Yeah, I I won uh I had i I'm two up from last week. I'm down six. So I won two last week. Um, yeah, Packers at the Lions, 12-30 game. This Thanksgiving, we got three slates in the Thanksgiving games for you guys. And I think these games could be potentially really good. Uh, yeah, um, I do. I'm picking the Lions. I do think this game is going to be decent, though. I think yeah. it's going to be better than the first time they played each other. I'm also picking the Lions, and I wouldn't do any under, like under for Jordan Love passing yards. I think Jordan Love will get over his passing yards. Yeah, they the Lions with the seven and a half spread at home, they have not been very good with that. So no. I'm gonna continue to ride the Packers wave, but they're not gonna finish the game. It's gonna be close. Lions are gonna win. Nine and uh, two Lions is nasty for you. Yeah, that is nasty. <laughs> they finally get a win on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> Commanders at the Cowboys the next game. Oh man. Cowboys are gonna do what the Cowboys do. I think this is a slaughter. It's at the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win this game. Yeah. Uh especially with how uh, DeVito put three touchdowns on the commander's defense. Uh, rough, I think, rough. I, I think it's starting to implode, and I think this coach should also get fucking fired. Uh, I think Dak has an amazing game. I think this this is going to be a slaughter as well. Dak MVP front yes, runner this week. 
That's my that's my fantasy QB. All right, let's go to the 49ers at the Seahawks. And the 49ers are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Yeah. This is gonna be shitty for my Seahawks. Um last last week is the game you needed to win because this next four stretch is gonna be ass. And it's starting off with the 49ers. If if there's any game you need to win, it's this one. Um, but I do think the 49ers are gonna win. Um it could it could potentially get out of hand. No cap. Yeah, I'm I've been down on the Seahawks because they haven't really beat anyone of substantial value. And this game right here will change my mind. If they can beat the 49ers here, I will start respecting them a little more. <laughs> but this is something they have not been able to do the past three years. So this is a big game for them. Not really that big of a game for the 49ers. The 49ers are probably gonna end up winning, so I'm picking them. Yeah. Um I forgot to do that um, in the minor headlines. Who's who's that? Who's that dude that got hurt? I can't pronounce his fucking name. From the 49ers? Oh, uh, Tua Funga. Yeah, Tua Funga. Tufunga or whatever his name uh, is. Talanoa Hufunga. Yeah, I can't pronounce that fucking name. But safety got hurt. Um, out for the year of the ACL. Out for the year of ACL. Uh, very unfortunate. I do think the 49ers will still be okay, and I think their defense will still be good. But he's a uh, substantial piece in this defense. Um, it is wild that he got hurt off of getting his shit rocked. As in, like, he got juked the fuck out of. It is very unfortunate. But that, I think that's only going to affect in the playoffs. I, I still think that 49ers will be able to handle the Seahawks. Yeah, I agree. Um you the fuck out of him? It was... It was Rashad White. Rashad White. Rashad White juked the yeah, fuck yeah. out of him and fucking hurt himself. All right, let's yeah. go to the first ever NFL Black Friday football game at 3 p.m., the nastiest yeah. time slate of all time. <laughs> I don't, under, I don't quite understand. Yeah, the Dolphins at the Jets. The Dolphins are nine-and-a-half-point favorites. Like I said, season is over for the Jets. The Dolphins are going to win this game fairly easily. Yeah, I also have the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins will get fucking a double-digit win right here. Yeah, um, I just I don't see Jets are going to continue to implode. I think their defense is going to start uh, not really giving a fuck about these games. It's rough out here, man. Um, let's way go. We need to try to bring in the crowd at three p.m. Yeah, it's bad. Let's go to the first one o'clock game on Sunday: the Saints at the Falcons. Um, <sighs> These teams are nasty. Two dumpster fires. Yeah, the Ritter, teams. Ritter is back. Ritter is starting. I'm going Saints then. <laughs> That's all I needed to know. Smith made the made the call, and Ritter is starting. So I'm also going with the Saints. I don't. I. Uh, I'm not I confident. Think, in this I think the Falcons are getting fucking trying to get some draft capital. <laughs> I'm not confident in that pick at all. The no. Falcons have been one of the harder ones to pick for both of us. So yeah, I mean. We'll see what happens, but I could totally see it being a close game and the Falcons somehow pull it out with a young way coup game-winning field goal. Your field goal, yep. Uh, let's go to the Steelers at the Bengals. The Steelers are a point-and-a-half favorites on the road. It's crazy, bro. Back-to-back, -back, I mean, we faced a third-string QB, and we weren't the favorites, and now we're facing a backup QB again, and we're only a point-and-a-half favorite. I think there's some internal things to worry about with the Steelers. Uh, I do still think the Steelers will get the win. Um, 
I don't the Browns offensive line isn't as good as I mean the Browns offensive line is way better than the Bengals offensive line. So I think we will get pressure and confuse and hurry up Jake Browning to cause some costly turnovers. Hopefully Mika comes back. Um I don't uh but this is a first game without Matt Canada, so I'm hoping to see some aggressiveness and some uh not necessarily different play calls, but I'm hoping to see Kenny Pickett more relaxed. And if he's still like this, then we have some larger issues to worry about. Yeah, I'm going to go the Bengals just for separation purposes for the Browns. Um, You're wild. I mean, I think these teams are pretty fucking equal with the with Jake Browning at QB. I think Kenny Pickett's about a backup QB. So, uh, the only – I mean, the Steelers have the advantage because Kenny is the starter and Browning hasn't really played at all. Uh, you both have opportunistic defenses. The over-under is 34.5, by the way, which is disgusting. Mm-hmm. And it's probably going to be just its probably going to be just like the Browns-Steelers game last week. It's going to be like 15-13 to 13 or something like that. So mm-hmm. I, can go the, I can see this game going either way. Probably the last person that has the football least mistakes wins the game. Yep. Um. Let's go to the Panthers at the Titans. What a barn burner. And this is how you know. This is how you know the Steelers-Bengals game is bad. The over-under is higher in this game than the Steelers-Bengals. That's nasty work. Tennessee is three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, and I'm going to ride it. Will yep. Levis gets his second win. Yep, also going Titans. Um, it's very unfortunate that the Panthers will not have first-round pick to look forward to because it would have been pretty high. So I think it would have been number one. So. Um, we're gonna go with the Titans on this one as well. Let's go to the Bucks at the Colts. The Colts are two and a half point favorites at home. Mm, I'm kind of surprised by that. I'm not. What is at home? Or what? One and five in the last six games. Yeah. Or one and four, something like that. Ah, uh, I'm gonna go Colts. I'm gonna go Colts on this. Uh, they got that bye. It was everybody's able to get healthy. Uh, Gardner Minshew's able to get more reps with the first team and. I think that they come in and beat the Buccaneers, and it's going to cause even more parity for the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm going to go Colts, too. I just think they're a better football team. Better, a more well-coached football team. Um, That's pretty much the only reason I'm going with the Colts. The Buccaneers are just, they haven't been able to finish games. They're struggling on the road. I'm just going to roll with the Colts on this one. Uh, Let's go to the Patriots at the Giants. Nasty. Now, this under has to be lower than the It is. It's lower by a point, 33 and a half, and the line is New England by three on the road. Oh, man. Do we ride with a DeVito? I'm going. Matt Bell said he hopes to be the starter. This is this this is why I'm picking the Patriots, and this is why I've always picked the Patriots in these situations, is because DeVito is going to be lost with what Bill Belichick does to him. Do you really think Bill? I don't. Even, do you think Bill still cares about this team? <laughs> I mean, maybe not, but like he's not going to put his defensive reputation on the line, right? <laughs> I'm gonna go Giants on this one. I think oh, just shit. The overall, just pandemonium that is going on with the Patriots. I don't. I think everybody's checked out. Mac Jones doesn't even know if he's still the starter yet or not. I think the Giants are going to come off of that win, putting up 31 on the on the Commanders, and they're going to ride out. And, do it at home. All right, let's go to the Jaguars at the Texans. Maybe the best game on this week. 
possibly. The Jacksonville Jaguars are two-point favorites on the road. Jackson's already beat them this year, this uh the first matchup. Yep, they beat them pretty bad. Uh-huh. They're gonna want their get back, aren't they? Yeah, uh, I have deja vu about this. Texans you, winning would be big for the Browns. I have you picking the fucking Jags in my deja vu. Yeah, I was I'm leaning towards the Jags, but I want them to lose. So do I really want to pick them? Maybe you got bad luck. Maybe the Jags will lose. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Jags, hoping they lose. <laughs> Uh, I'm also going to pick the Jaguars. I think that they have uh, picked it up a little bit. Um, CJ Stroud, I mean, the Texans won last week, but CJ Stroud threw three picks. So uh, he's got a little bit a little bit to work on there. I think the Jags are going to get this dub and become the AFC South. Like, like, okay, these are the AFC South winners. Let's go to the Browns at the Broncos. The line is a 1.5. For the Broncos at home. The over under is 34 and a half. Mm, nasty game. Mm, mm, mm. Broncos are without Kareem again for four games. Um, I do think that they're gonna continue this win streak that they got going on. I'm gonna pick the Broncos. I am gonna pick the Browns. I think the Browns go into Denver, and Russell Wilson is the fourth most sacked QB in the league, and he is facing the second best D line in the league, and it's not going to look pretty. Um, Kareem Jackson being out is big for them. He's a hell of a safety. But the one thing the Broncos defense does well is stop the pass. They are one of the worst in the league at stopping the run, and we are one of the best in the league at running the football. So I think the Broncos defense is going to have their hands full stopping us running the football, especially if we mix in some DTR runs here and there. And I think our defense smothers Russell Wilson in that offense. Hold on, we're going to be eight and three. Eight and three. Browns going into next week. Yep. All right, let's go to the Rams at the Cardinals. This one's this one's a toss up. Arizona is a point favorite. This is a toss up. I'm going to go with the Rams. I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. Kyron comes back. Um, Matthew Stafford seems to be in a little groove. Hopefully, Cooper Cup is fine. Uh, I don't know any status on him right now, but uh, I do think that they they have more weapons than the Cardinals do right now. If the Cardinals still walking out with the same DBs, I think it's going to be easy pickings for Matt Stafford. I'm actually going to go to the Cardinals. I picked them the last two weeks. I'm going to pick them again. I'm going to ride with Kyler, and I think they get the win at home. Too many mistakes. The Rams make too many mistakes in big moments. I think it's going to cost them this game. Uh, Let's go to the Chiefs at the Raiders. The Chiefs are eight-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, I'm not picking the Raiders. Like If this was a good team against the Chiefs, I probably would, but uh, too much firepower in the first half, and even if they go, like if the Chiefs go up 14 and get held to no points in the second half again, I don't know if the Raiders can score that on them. No, so. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs as well. Um, the only team that seems to have beaten uh, the Chiefs' defense is a top three team in the league, and the Raiders are not a top three team. Uh, I think they're gonna get after McConnell and cause some disruption, and I do think the Chiefs will win by ten or more. And not necessarily prove to people that okay we're fine, but they can still beat up on the bad teams. Yeah. All right. Let's go to the Bills at the Eagles. 
Philly is three and a half point favorites at home. Bills have the opportunity to do something fucking hilarious. It's unfortunate for me to do this, but I think I'm picking the Bills. Oh my god. I think I'm picking the Bills. I think the Bills. I just for whatever fucking reason. Nine and one Eagles. The Eagles have to drop a game here soon. It's going to catch up to them all these close games, right? It doesn't mean they're worse than the Bills. It doesn't mean that at all. But mm-hmm. to continue to only lose like one or two games every single year you play in the NFL just does not happen, you know? I'm just – and if anyone can beat him, it's Josh Allen. So he has to have a hell of a game, but mm-hmm. I think he can do it. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, I do think the Eagles uh, front seven – is going to give Josh Allen hell where he makes mistakes for this week. Uh, Eagles back end. Um, I do think this is going to be a very physical game. So, you know, hopefully nobody gets hurt. But I do think the Eagles are going to win this maybe by a game-winning field goal. Yeah, it's going to be close for sure. All right, let's go to the Sunday night football game, the Ravens at the Chargers. I really see this as... I see this as either an absolute curb stomping by the Ravens or a game winning touchdown or field goal by the Chargers. Um I don't see it either other like any other way. Yeah. I'm gonna pick the Ravens on this one. Uh the Chargers have not shown me anything from the past few weeks that they're even a serious or legitimate team. Um the Ravens are gonna I think they're gonna really get to Justin Herbert and there's the Chargers have, have nothing that they can do to stop the Ravens from their rushing attack. Yeah, they're going to get gashed. Bosa's injured as well. Bosa's out. Um, so, yeah, I think I think the Ravens. If I think this could potentially be like a very yard-heavy game where both teams have a lot of yards, but I do think the Ravens will beat them by more than six. Yeah, I'm picking the Ravens, too. I think not enough help for Herbert. The coaching's bad. I think the Ra- the Ravens outcoached the shit out of the Chargers, so I really don't think it's going to be that close. But like I said, if the Chargers can hang on in this game, I think they probably get the win close. But other than that, I think the Ravens win by 10 points. Uh, let's go to the final game Monday, the Bears at the Vikings. Why are the Bears on so many primetime games? Oh, it is so nasty. And why can I see the Bears winning this game, too? This game needs to be flexed, but they're not going to do it until next week. No. <laughs> I think oh, I'm pick the Bears. Oh, man, they could win this game, bro. I'm picking Justin Fields over Josh Dobbs. I have fart. <sighs> I'm also going to pick the Bears on this one. Mm. <laughs> It'd be better if Jetta want, Jetta's wanted to come back, but he's not, I'm not coming back to him fully healthy, a.k.a. till I get a contract. Uh, I'm going to pick the Vikings. I'm going to pick the Vikings. I'm going Vikings. Nice, Dean. I think they bounced back from this Broncos uh, IL, and I think that they'll – I think it's going to be close, and I think these QBs are – I'd take the over on their rushing yards if it's not already fucking inflated to, like, 50 yards a pop. Uh, but I will take the over rushing yards in this game. Two, two daredevil quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm I'm going Justin Fields over Dobbs. I think he's better. 
Yeah, I can't wait to see him in a Pittsburgh uniform. Yeah. It's potential. I mean, if you're the Bears, you got the first and fourth pick, you know. You're seeing generational quarterbacks. You know, maybe new coach. You want the new coach to have a new QB. You could probably flip Justin Fields for like a third round pick. Because I ain't giving him I ain't giving a second for him. But thanks again, everybody, for listening. Uh, I think this is one of the one of the better episodes. We kind of went on some tangents, had some rants about a lot of things. Um, so thanks everybody that listened and stuck with us. Uh, this will be posted tomorrow. I'm gonna do. Oh, uh, you know what? I might post it. Yeah, I'm gonna post it tonight because a lot of a lot, everybody's gonna be on Thanksgiving um, tomorrow. So I'm gonna post this today. So this episode will be out uh, on Wednesday as soon as we get done with this. We'll post this so um, you guys get a little little early gift and make sure that you guys listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and everything else that we're out on. Um, we'll probably. Yeah, we'll probably cook some uh, Thursday night shit. We ain't cooking shit for Friday because that shit's going to be a slaughter. But we'll cook a Thursday night shit for the night games. Uh, we're going to do parlays. Uh, we're just going to do one parlay. Uh, the first touchdown shit is kind of fucking whack. Um, so we're just going to do a parlay. Put that out. And let's hopefully we can make some money. But thanks again, guys, for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week for episode 13. And hopefully we're going to do some Maybe some more playoff talks coming soon. Hopefully uh, some of these teams figure out who they want to be and what they want to be. So thanks again, guys, for listening, and we are out. Peace.